Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. In Kicks We Trust. Welcome to episode 170 of the In Kicks We Trust podcast. I am here with three-fifths of the In Kicks We Trust team. Kev, how's it going? What's going on, everyone? And Rich, how's it going? What's good? We are joined this week by a guest. So we're joined by Andrew. Goes by Andrew Taps 8 on Instagram. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, man. Appreciate you jumping on. So he is one of the team members at Omnis, which both Kevin and Rich are frequent shoppers at. <laughs> so we got Mario and Steve on. So I guess we need to go through the whole staff, right? I might just have to. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's big into sneakers and fashion and the whole vintage scene. So uh, yeah, definitely excited to get into it. So Andrew, thanks for jumping on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. All right. Let's get it popping with our wares and pickups this week. So Kev, why don't you start off? Yeah, probably be short and sweet this week. I start off my week rocking my uh, Air Kanatskis, as I like to call them, that hybrid pair that I that I made with the Pendleton Air Max 97 upper swap with the Air Max 1 midsole. Also pulled out another Kanatsky hybrid, that Neon uh, 95 Air Max with the Tune Max midsole. And then also uh, the Tom Sachs general purpose shoe, that sulfur colorway pair. Rock the white cement fours. Pulled out the SB Dunk Low Black Pigeons, Air Max One Atmos Elephant Retro Pair. And then for today, actually been wearing a pair that I pulled that, sorry, my wife hasn't been wearing this pair for a long time. So it's this white on white Air Force One craft that I got for quite a couple of years ago, actually. I got them on sale at a good price. I think it's like 90 bucks or something, 100 bucks or whatever. I got them for her and then those were a size eight Benz. So they were, she, you know, Kind of complained they were a little bit too big for her. And then I got her the uh, that Supreme uh, White on One Air Force. So she's been rocking those Supreme ones pretty much whenever she wears her Air Force. So I kind of just inherited this pair since she doesn't ever wear them anymore. So I've kind of been putting those at the front door now, just, you know, keeping those in rotation. So that was my week in terms of wares. In terms of cops, I actually have no cops again. So nothing me to talk about on cops. Just sort of patiently waiting for those military blue fours, man. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, everyone's been talking about those reimagined bread fours, but I want those military roof fours. I'll sit back on the sidelines and wait for those to come out. So we'll see. You can't even call them military blue. They're industrial blue now. Is that what they are? What is this? Can't even oh, yeah, I remember Andrew, you were telling me that. Yeah, you were telling me that. Is that what the color is on the box? Yeah, industrial blue. Industrial blue. They can't call them military blue anymore for some reason. Which is very odd, too, because you have that. Well, I mean, I guess they, people dubbed it the military black, that black military for they were calling it because it has like that similar color blocking. But I mean, Jordan brand is known to change Columbia 11s, Legend Blue. They do shit like that. Legend Blue 4s. They didn't call it Columbia 4s. It was Legend Blue, correct? They called them Columbia one year, though. I think the 2016s are Columbia. I swear that they, they went with a different name for the retro of that Columbia 4. It wasn't called the Columbia 4. No, yeah, might have been might have been legend. Le- legend blue is what maybe, I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe yeah. that's what I'm thinking. But the 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 eleven, which we know is a Columbia. Yeah, the Columbia they call, they call yeah, it. Yeah, they call it legend blue. Yeah. Like the, eleven. So 
It's the 2015 fours. They're Columbia. They call them Columbias? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, thought it was, I thought it was Legend Blue, but I mean, they've, like I said, they've known to to change names, but I mean, it's a military yeah. four. Like, but I mean, I like, know. yeah, so yeah, on that, like, if they changed the name, like the nickname of it, I guess that's one thing, but I guess if Andrew's saying that they changed the the, the color, because maybe it's a, a different color blue, right? So, like, maybe it's not the military. exact. Yeah, it's not exact to the OG colorway now. So, and they do that from time to time too. Like, they change the the, the shade of some colors and things like that. Like, you know, look at the infrared sixes and the varsity red six, right? Like, yeah, it's true. technically not an infrared six anymore. It's a varsity red six. So, you know, they kind of change the shade up a little bit. So has... have your old six. Your 06 pair, Kev. I still have the 06 pair. I don't have the box, So you can do a comparison. But I'm saying yeah, a comparison the, yeah. of the co- of the colors, right? The blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. the shade of blue, you can kind of do a comparison to it. For sure. Um, with it. That's interesting, though. Yeah, I remember Andrew, I popped in the shop. I think recently Andrew was telling me, like, it's not even military blue. Industrial, I, which is like, the fuck? I can't remember <laughs> where I heard this or how I heard this. I want to say... Holly might have been able to talk to this a little bit better, but sometimes it's it's something to do with the color, like that specific color. Like they can't get that shade of Pantone color anymore. So as an example, if that blue is a Pantone military blue, the designer's taking it with them elsewhere or something like that. So they can't get the exact shade anymore. I can't mm-hmm. remember where I heard that or read that. I feel like Holly might have told us that, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, but, I feel like I heard something al- along those same lines is like, you know, Nike tries to like patent all the colors that they can so that people uh, like other companies can't use those colors either. Mm-hmm. It's something along those lines. Don't don't quote me on that exactly, but something along those lines where, you know, Nike will use a new color so that other companies or whatever, they can't use that color anymore or something because they've kind of like, you know, copyrighted it or whatever. So that could be the case with this too, something along those lines. But I mean, that obviously mm-hmm. means that the shade is not the same then. I would, from what I've seen in pictures, they look, it looks a little bit lighter, but that contrast and it's hard to tell from, from photos, but it looks good. Like in terms of, like I said, if they're going with the new shape, the materials, it's going to be a nice shoe quality wise. Oh I yeah. I'm say, not going to complain so. for sure. I'm still going to copy yeah. 100%. I'll still call it the military blue four. I'm sure other people will too. But yeah, but Kev, I'm sure it's like Kev, a... d- d- double up, Kev. <laughs> I might have to. <laughs> I might have to. I don't. I don't do that very often. To be I was about to say because I don't. Th- I never heard you. I'm not saying you don't do it, but it's a rarity for a double yeah. up. So I'm curious to see, like, yo, do you need two pairs? <laughs> I, <laughs> I have doubled up on some sneakers before, and you know, not surprisingly, the doubles that I had, I ended up selling them anyways because I'm like, I can't even get through the first one, so. But yeah. there are some pairs I kind of regret not doubling up on when I had the opportunity because, uh, you know, I definitely, you know, would love to have a second pair, especially the amount that I wear them. So, you know what? I might just have to do it this time and not sell it. I think I have one double at the moment that I'm thinking. And, and you know, again, I'm thinking about selling that one too. About, so About moving it. Yeah. I think though, like when you get that pair that you're actively wearing it, then I think a double up is almost necessary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People tend to do it just for the purpose of like, all right, when this one is done, I got another one, you know, in the chamber. But in reality, they're not even wearing that first pair like that. So like, you're never even going to get to that. I mean, by the time you get to that pair, it's done. 
you know? Yeah. But like the military four, if that's something you're going to put work in. I think I have a feeling I'm wearing that one a lot, but we'll see. I, I, maybe I'll just cop. I'll think later. Get the two first. There you go. There see you go. how much I wear, then worry about it later. If I don't wear it as much, then I'll do like I did the other ones and I'll just sell the second one. But yeah, definitely excited for that. You can always sell those, right? Like, I mean, you shouldn't have a problem getting rid of them. So better to have it than to not have it sort of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Exactly. Oh. Nice. Good week, Kev. Nice, Kev. I guess I'm next. This is so weird. I'm usually like the fourth, third or fourth person to go. So <laughs> me, going, me, me going second is weird for me. Air Max 90 infrareds, Air Jordan 3 infrared 23s, Nike Flynet 1, the original blue and neon green colorway. Nike Flynet mm. 1 blue. Oh, okay. Yeah, the runner, the runner, not yep. the, not the trainer, into, the runner. They get yeah, into yeah. the archives. Yeah, because okay. uh, the Flyknit Racer, the trainer pair, mm-hmm. unpopular opinion. I think that's one of the most uncomfortable shoes I've ever put on my foot. They are. They I don't, are. I second I, that. I know I've seen a bunch of people post like, oh, we need to bring this shoe back and all that. Looks mm-hmm. great. I don't understand the hype behind it. Maybe it just doesn't fit my foot well, but I don't think they're comfortable. So anyways, Kobe 8 Taipei Tigers. Mm, okay. Nice. Probably seen. I'm going back to the gym, so I've been I've been going through all my basketball shoes recently just to try and try and get some burn in them. Air Max One Pada Aqua Noise. Nice, nice. I like those. Those were a little out of the box for like a Pada Air Max, but I like those. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's actually a gray, not a white. Like, and you mm, don't notice gray. that in yeah. pictures, but it, it it's really really sharp. Like the the mesh, Kev. Yeah, yep, the mesh is gray. Actually, the the one double that I have right now is the Monarch one. So, is that and I'm the, the orange front, one? The orangey one, yeah. The orange orange, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite of the three. Or sorry, I guess there's more than three now. There's like five of them now. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, the the Monarch one is is definitely my favorite. But yes, the blue one was another one that I was like teetering around, double up, doubling up on because yeah. those two, the color blocking on those two, I like those better than all the other ones. But great wear. Air Jordan Four Amamanier. Nice. I'll do that again. LeBron three, I believe it's the Super Bron, or I think it's yeah. a Super Super Bron, not the Superman, right? Yeah, the 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 one with the the blue, red, and uh, the blue, red, and yellow. White. Yeah, here, yeah, the the white, mostly white with those accents. Yeah. Red, white, red, blue, and uh, the yellow there. Yeah, Super Bron or something like that. Yeah, the Super Bron, not Superman. Superman, something like that. Yeah, I think this. I think I know that I know he did a, do a Super Bron with his sixteen or fifteen. I can't remember what it was, but. I think it was super brawn if not it might be superman but yeah I, I really like that shoe actually just i don't i don't wear it a lot so it's nice to get some running at the gym did those um sorry sorry to interrupt did those um fruity pebble lebron fours re-release yet not yet I know they're supposed... no no they they supposed to drop yeah soon. i think they're supposed to drop soon yeah soon yeah. Right? like soon soon yeah uh, like soon soon, soon. Uh, wasn't it supposed to be before the military blues come out Probably yes, I think. I think I think so. Yes, I for think sure. Yeah, because I'm thinking they're supposed to be either. Well, we're end of February already, but yeah, early end of February, early March. I was thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I can't keep up with the March seventh. So there you go. So next yeah, week. Okay. Next week. That's a nice pair too. That is a nice pair. That price tag is a little bit too wild. Like three hundred Canadian or something like that. Wild. Is that before tax or after? Before, before tax. Three before. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's up there. Because even the um, the all black. No, not even the all black. What's the other one? The graffiti one. What is that one called again? Graffiti is uh, it? Huh? 
Is it a graffiti? The I, think it, I think it is a graffiti. Is it graffiti? Yeah, I think I it think might be. One. Yeah, but they they released so the, it. They they retroed the fours already. The four they retroed the the graffiti four. The graffiti, I yeah. believe okay. came out and they ended up going on sale because like yeah, that like price tag was just crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just, like just uh, who's paying three fifty for a LeBron is crazy. What was retail the first time? Wasn't it two thirty? They were up there. They Probably were, they were like over that, two, yeah. They were over two hundred. Yeah, two thirty. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. that foam posit material. They're nice. I mean, it's a bulky shoe, but I mean, the bulky shoes are in still. So I like it's, them. Just yeah, I caught them for a good price. Maybe. It's going to be wild to see those release and then probably go on sale is what I would imagine because, again, another like PE sought after you know, that was sought yeah. after. Yeah, you know, like all these other LeBrons that he's released. But we'll see. I don't know. Like, you're right. It's it's a hefty price tag for a pair that the market is not that big for that. You know, it's a kind of a niche mm-hmm. market now. Well, we're not wearing basketball shoes like that anymore, right? So, like, exactly. like what Rich said, if you caught it for a good price. But, Rich, what's a good price? Like, I'm I know like, it got to be like, like 150. Yeah, like yeah, 150. Like, I'm, I'm thinking like 120. Max. I was gonna say 120, but I didn't want to disrespect. But, but yeah. yeah, like 150. 150 taxes in. How about there that? You there you go. All right, <laughs> taxes in because yeah. Like you said, I agree, Trev. Like the ball shoe thing is not in, and then even if we talk about ball shoes, the kids coming up are not wearing those. Yeah, like that's the farthest thing from their mind when it comes to basketball sneakers. Shout out to Kyrie, that Anta looks fucking nuts. I just had to throw that out there. And a hundred and twenty-five dollar price tag, affordable, hurt. right? Mm-hmm. Don't hurt, and it's nice. Tempted, ain't gonna lie. Them shits look dope. So salute to Kyrie. Just had to put out there, man. Like crazy, and I love the reception it's getting because it's a dope fucking shoe. This is a great time for me to transition to my next wear, Rich. What do we got? Kyrie One Dreams. There you okay. go. Look at that. <laughs> Kyrie One BHM. Nice. Air Max One Tokyo Maze. Nice. I wore the KD4 Creamsicle today. Oh, yeah. Forgot about those. I had those too. That's a nice pair as well. All the KD4s. Honestly, the KD4s, every Just... colorway was fucking smacked out of the park. Yeah, I don't care what anyone says. They were in the strap model. Oh, yeah. You could wear the fuck out of them. But I just think every colorway they put out in that shoe was just a hit, in yeah. my opinion. Like, I don't think there was any misses when it came to the colorways. And then the names, like, that went along with it. Yeah. Dope. Air Max 90 Black Infrared Safari. Nice. Uh, that Black Infrared pair with the Safari print around it. I have. I don't know if that's the actual name, but that's the that's how I'll describe the Chev's name. That's Chev's. That's Chev's. Black Safari sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Nice. Good week in wears. Pickups. Nothing. Me and you both, Trev. I'm trying to be good, but the um, the, uh, like we talked about the other week with those bread fours. I'm I'm really tempted to sell my my. <laughs> That OG and get the, and get the the reimagined. I'm, you I'm you like tempted. the reimagine more than the OG. Okay, well let me, let me rephrase that, Andrew. I, I, so if you didn't hear the episode, so what we talked about was I wore them and I went out to dinner with some friends. We were there for maybe three hours, uh, and my feet were killing me. I believe I referred to it as my dogs were barking. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, I got you. Like my pinky toes were like there, there was no give in that shoe. Absolutely none. Uh. I mean, the, like taking my heel out of the shoe and just kind of like resting it out so that like you know relieve the pressure. So more of the idea of it is that I will be able to wear them over that bread because I'm looking at that now. I'm like, I'm never gonna wear that again. Like I just I can't imagine me putting that back on my foot anytime soon. Keep them both. 
is what I say. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. say keep them both, hundred percent. Keep them both. I would say keep them both. If you can get the reimagined one, then you wear that one. But I would still say keep the twenty nineteen. That's what I'm debating because I've I've had some regret on selling pairs, and I don't know if that's gonna be one. But I'm I'm of the mind that if I can't wear it, I shouldn't keep it. Yes, I agree with you there too. I just feel like that regret is gonna haunt you. It's and you're gonna wish you had it and you could wear it and you wouldn't care about the pain. <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> it would be nice, sorry, to have both just like for comparison purposes, but yeah, if you're not gonna wear it, that's and that's a decision you gotta make. Yeah. And like I said, you can get you can get good money for them. I'm almost thinking that I could take that pair, get my reimagined pair, and then get a second pair on top of that. Like <laughs> probably could, probably hundred uh, percent. I feel like especially more... for your size too. It's a pop- popular size you have yeah. as well. Yeah, so. like that's an Andrew. I'm a twelve, right? So I'm in that yeah, like yeah. premium size, even for buying things, right? So I can't afford to wait for things to go on sale. I I, I don't get that luxury. <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, I gotta buy them. And I've got a mortgage now, so I'm really trying to be selective on what I pick up because, like, that's fair. Yeah, smart. The disposable income is not the same as it was last year. (laughs) Oh no, there will be no thousand dollar purchases this year. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, good thing you got them all out of the way, right? So yeah, (laughs) so when was exactly my thought? Yeah, there you go. Dope. Good week. Good week. Good week. Thank you, Andrew. What about you? What have you been rocking? And uh, any pickups? Okay, when I go through the shoes I've been wearing, you're going to notice a common theme here, okay? I wear the same style of shoes all the time. (laughs) I started the week with the Terror Squad Air Forces. Nice. Right, the black pair and the blue pair. I got a black, just straight black pair of Air Forces that sit by the door. I wear those almost every week. I got a black and white OG Cortez. That just sits at the front door, too. You know, you go out, easy to put on. Sure. I got uh, Maroon 6 I wore this week. Mm, Let's go. What year was that? 2013? For the Maroons, though. Something like that. I would say 2015. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 2015. That's a cool pair. That's Uh, a great pair. They they did a good job on that pair. Yeah, they don't get a lot of love. No, they don't. they don't. And you don't they see don't. them on foot very often, too. The, that was like one of the first sixes to come back out with the Nike Air on the back, if not mm-hmm. the first one, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Yeah, uh, I paid like 15 bucks for them. I can't go wrong. What? <laughs> what? Got me beat. Damn. Some dude came in, no box to the shop. It was like, I'll do 50 on them. And I'm like, 15? <laughs> I might have to give Andrew the low the low ball fucking crown because that's crazy. Fifty to fifteen, damn. Need that fifteen bucks, I guess. I was uh, I was wearing the terraforms, you know, the wheat color. Okay, those are the most comfortable Nike release that Off White did, and I will die on that hill. That is, <laughs> it, it's such a. Like, when I first put the shoe on, I was like, this is weird. You got to get used to, like, you feel the spikes and everything. Yeah. And once you start to wear it in more, that shoe is so comfortable. It um, looks comfortable. I'm not going to lie. It does look comfortable. Yeah. They're, they're just heavy, right? So once you get used to the weight, everything else is just comfortable about the shoe. The black canvas off-white mid-Air Forces. Mm, yeah. nice. Those ones. And then the infrared 23 Jordan 3s. 
just like Trev. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Like Trev's Trev and Juan special. Yes, sir. And uh, and the Pantone 11s were my last wear of the week. Oh, okay, that's another pair you don't see very often. Too. Nice. That pair I lowballed astronomically mm. on at a sneaker con. <laughs> you got it. You got the pack though, or you just yeah, got yeah. the eleven? I got the full pack for two fifty. Oh, oh damn! Wow, yeah, that's crazy! Wow, that's a great that's a great price. Brand new in your size too. The twenty, what is it? Twenty nines that come in that pack, right? Twenty nine. Yeah. The twenty nines yeah. were worn. The elevens were brand new. Oh damn! Oh, wow. Right, and they were Sounds like backwards. They were yeah, right? half half a size under what I was looking for, but I made the ten and a half work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There Sometimes you, go. you gotta do that for the deal, man. Yeah, for that for that price, like yeah, no, pop out it and so you'd be all right. That's crazy. Two fifty for that pack, right? Damn. It was that eleven first, is nice too. First nice. table I, love I saw, man. I just walked in and I bullied the guy. I was like, I'm leaving <laughs> with these, and you're not saying no. Like these got to yeah. come home with me. What's crazy is that, like, usually the just the 11s alone would go for like 400. 400. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this was crazy. this was like years ago, though. Uh, what was what year was the first sneaker con in Toronto? Was it 2017? Uh, Something like 2017 or 2018. Can't remember exactly. 2017, I think. I'll say 2017. So then it was the 2018 sneaker con that I picked those up at. Wow. And that was still back then, that was still going for good money, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that pack. So. That's a fucking steal. Damn. Recent pickups, the only thing I got were those ambush up tempos. Oh, those are good. That's a good one, too. That's a good pair. That's a good one. I like that. I seen you rocking those, too. I'm just like, this which colorway did you get? Just the triple black. The black. black They're OG, the black and white. Mm -hmm. That pair is so nice. They did such a good job on that fucking pair. They did. And yo, I didn't realize how much of a difference the low cut makes. It looks better. It looks, yeah, almost. I was going to say. It's so <laughs> much more comfortable. It, it looks more wearable because the, the high, not the, the high is classic, right? But yeah. in terms of wearability, that low just works. Because then you can get away with the, looks good with the shorts, yeah. the pants, like, and then you're saying the comfortability is there yeah, too? It's just for some reason, like the other ones, you know how they ride up a little too high on the ankle? Yeah. Sometimes that just gets annoying when you walk in for too long. That low comes just right under the swell of the ankle. It's perfect. Nice. Yeah, it's such a nice pair. Yeah, they hit it out the park with those. I like all the colorways too. Oh, and too. I picked up those 2001 snakeskins, the Air Force ones. Yeah, the Air Force ones. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the those 2001. Are... Yeah, because they re released those, right? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, 18. Yeah. But that pair, the pair of Andrew has is just BS, like immaculate. And of course, it, yeah. Yeah, the leather quality is so much better on the pairs. Oh, yeah. Bro, like night and day. Great pickups, man. Yeah, man. Great pickups. Yeah, great week too. Wears. Can't go, yeah, can't go wrong with Air Force Ones, man. Nice. Yeah, I know I know Andrew's an Air Force One guy. I'm gonna get into it with him about the, his because <laughs> we talk a lot about Air Force Ones when I'm in the shop, so I like oh, yeah. to hear what's in his collection for sure. Boom. Nice. Good week. Rich, what about you? Nothing much in terms of wears, man. I haven't really been going anywhere. Just that uh, that vintage Dunk Low, that Panda pair. I did wear Lost and Found Ones. I wore the Reimagined Threes last week, and that's pretty much it, man. I think I haven't, like I said, I haven't been going anywhere. And when I do go, like it's the Pandas, that's my at the door pair. So kind of just throw those on. And then pickups, nothing, nothing for me. I did grab, sorry, I popped into JD Sports. 
salute to them. Remember, I was, I was I was talking about my son, so he just eats his fucking shoes up, Kingston and Marquise, my second boy. He was the same way. Like he went through shoes like water. So I always had to be intentional when I bought them shoes. Trev knows it has to have a thick midsole. So Air Force One, a van, something like that of that nature. A Chuck Taylor where it's just rubber and they can just, you know, go to town on it. So he comes home and of course his runner is like a, you know, basic mesh Nike runner. The whole fucking bottom is a hole in it. And I'm just like, you don't have anything for school now. Like what the fuck am I going to do? So I ran out of JD Sports. I actually found a Chuck Taylor low. It was on sale for like 25 bucks. So wow. grabbed him. Yeah, I grabbed him that. And he's been kind of booting that around and playing soccer outside with him. And of course, you know, the Chuck Taylor got that thick rubber toe. So perfect for him. So was happy with that. I was able to get that. But yeah, those are kind of the pairs he's going to have to wear for now. But yeah, other than that, no pickups for me. Yeah, just, just being good. And there really isn't anything, to be honest with you. You know, I got the fours, happy about that pair. So I was going to wear them, but you know what? My 40th is in two weeks, so I think I'll undies them for the 40th. I'm surprised you haven't <laughs> so, rocked them yet. Bro, I've been – I was going to wear them after I got my size. I was going to wear them the next day, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? Like, the B-Day's coming up. I'm just going to wait. But I, I trust me, it's, it's tough. I've been kind of like <laughs> – lace them up. I was just wearing – you can just go to the grocery store, man. Just going to throw them on, man. But yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll wait. I'll wait for them. Were those pairs but, consistent? Yeah. From what I've seen, yeah. Not much issues. I know I've talked to some people in like the netting. There was like some extra material on the netting, a couple glue stains. I think with what they made in terms of the amount, I'm not surprised that there's some inconsistency with them, but I don't think it was anything crazy, like flaw-wise, that I heard from people. But because even my pair, there's like some glue, some glue marks you can see on the side there by like the midsole. The midsole be so leather. No flipped upside down. The <laughs> you seen that shit? Seventeen tank. grand. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, man. I don't know what's no, wrong, people. No, what's crazy was I think that person who got it put it on eBay or something for some astronomical yes. price. Se- like, Seventeen grand. Yeah, like what the fuck, grand. man? Fuck you, do It's not really like I mean. Okay, I get it. It's like a you know, it's like a a one off error, but like really. Really, seventeen thousand? Someone's gonna pay for that? Come on! Yes, that's that's exactly why he did it that is, because someone is, will pay that. Yeah. Really, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I can't imagine there's right. somebody that stupid. But nobody, I don't know. Like the that, saying goes, that, there's, there's a sucker born every minute. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. True. You guys remember the swoosh on? I forget which Jordan one it was, but they came with uh, the, the swoosh. upside down. Yeah, upside down. Yeah, that pair sold for like a mil something, didn't it? Um, what? Um, like I mean, again, you know, again, you know what? I'm not I, I, you surprised. Know what? I, like, there's a sucker board every minute, like I just said. But yeah, like, see that? I want to say that flaw is way more rare than like a, the tag because, like, anyone can just stitch. Yeah, just yeah, flip like that over and you know what I mean. You like, know, I stitch feel it like, the wrong way. Yeah. But yeah, a mill. I mean, a mill's a mill's wild. But I mean, again, I think for the time too. If that was a little while back, that's when like those kind of you know, things happen. People looked at them as if they were rare. Where yeah. now it's kind of changed. Like, no one is like, all right, dude, you got to upside down fucking jump, man. You know, clap your hands fucking onto the next one. Yeah, It's funny because I seen a dude post, remember the tour Yellow Fours? And it had the patch. <laughs> the guy takes a picture and flips the patch upside down, the jump yeah. man patch. Yeah. It's like, can I get 17 grand now? For this? Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm dying because it's but, like, yes, this is the equivalent of that. Like, yeah. 
Just exactly. Like, upside like, down. Like, like, like what Andrew's talking about, the swoosh, I feel like that's like a way harder thing to replicate than a ton That's a bigger flaw. Yeah, that's a bigger flaw. That's a bigger flaw. And like, or like, what was the other shoe that came out where somebody got a Nike Air on the back and a Jumpman on the other one on the back? And that Jumpman, see, that right? is. I forget what pair it was. The reimagined three. It was. It was the reimagined threes. I believe. Yeah, they got they got a Jumpman and they got a Nike Air. Yeah, that like, that's fucking cool is, to me. That's right? a rare. That's you know cool. what I mean. Like that. Yeah, that's exactly. Dope. Like I would have. I would have actually liked that error you know but i mean it's not like remember when you'd get like uh, or there'd be like you know for collecting cards or whatever sports cards there'd be like an error on the car like those are you know i feel like that's something that would fetch money as opposed to like a sneaker flaw especially like a tongue tag that just you can replicate that whereas a, a, a baseball card or you know a basketball card or whatever you know a card you can't replicate that like you can't you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a flaw that it's where it's, it's legit. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a rarity. And like you said, with the swoosh, that's harder to do. And then even with the heel, t- the heel uh, tabs, yeah. like to have something like that, like that's tough, right? Where the, the patch, like you could easily unstitch that and fucking flip it and stitch it back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was funny just to kind of see people are, but like you said, Kev, there's a sucker born every day, man. <laughs> So somebody might go and pay for them. But yeah, that poor yellow uh, thing he did was fire. I was fucking dying, man. Dying. <laughs> 17 grand. Oh my gosh, man. People are fucking loony. Yeah, man. But yeah, that was my week. Nothing crazy. Good week. Good week. Oh. I, know you're, I know you're patiently waiting to, to undies those for oh, 100%. Yeah, like I said, that's not like you, man. Usually it's like the next day, Rich has already got him on. So. I had it planned, man. I was like, yo, I'm going to run to the grocery store in the morning. I have to drop the kids off and just give them a spin. But I said, you know what? The B day's coming up. You know, 40 is a big milestone. So I'll save it for that. All right, well, let's, get, let's get into yes. it with Mr. Andrew Tapp. So as you've already heard, we have Andrew on joining us. He's one of the team members from Omnis. Like we mentioned before, whenever we're in the shop, you know, it doesn't matter who we go to see. We always have a good conversation. Andrew's definitely one of those guys. We can stand there and talk for a good 45 minutes to an hour. It just feels like nothing, but it's always just like, you know, we talk about sneakers, we talk about fashion, we talk about the current culture, whatever the case is. Super knowledgeable guy. So definitely glad to have you on, Andrew. Appreciate you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. So let's get into it. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your story? So where did your sneaker journey begin? Like, what are some of your favorite brands, models, and colorways that got you into sneakers? Well, okay. So sneaker sneakers kind of started for me with going over to Lime Ridge Mall and just like window shopping and then... Okay. Something caught my eye and it just spiraled from there and turned into a hobby. Um, and when ex- sorry, and, and sorry to cut you off. When exactly was this? Like, what year was this? Would you say like 2013 area? I want to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like 11 years ago, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but walking past stores and seeing like it, I, I don't want to say unobtainable, but it was like you'd pick up a pair of shoes and you were like, this is so cool. And you'd see someone walking down like the street or in the mall or something and they were wearing them and you were like, that's sick. That whole persona of the person is kind of built around the shoes that they have on their feet. You could tell that if someone was walking around with Air Forces on, they also had crazy denims on or they had, you know, they had their own unique features to them. And the the shoes just elevated that, right? Absolutely, yeah. 
I hear you with that. And and sorry, what what stores were these at, at Limebridge Mall? Because you know, Rich and I, we we just moved to Hamilton not that long ago, so I know what Limebridge is now. Yeah. But like back in in twenty thirteen, like what were the stores that were there that were same things, man? Champ, All the same, yeah. Champ and Foot Locker. They were always there. Okay. The new JD Sports that was never over here. But, no, yeah, no, that over um, we here, but. But yeah, it was just champs and Foot Locker. Like you'd walk past, and like I said, they always used to have cool displays. That was yeah. something I feel like we've definitely moved away from. They used to have like advertisements and promotional things that made you want to come see that shoe. Yeah, for sure. Right? Activations, things like that, like different types of store displays in the window and whatnot. I feel like when COVID happened, all that we kind of lost all that stuff because you know everything went you know the way of online shopping you know we have all these marketplaces now online things like that and doing less and less in store obviously because we couldn't go to the stores at first but even after the mall started opening up again they kind of like you know left that part of the whole experience out of you know the sneaker experience which I, sucks in my opinion definitely I, I feel like you don't see even like you used to see Nike ad campaigns on TV and stuff like that yeah, all right. that stuff died down. Like there is real no promotion. If you're into shoes, you're into shoes. And if you're not, you don't really understand what's happening. Like a lot of the onlookers now look at sneaker culture and have no idea why people spend what they do on shoes. And that's mm -hmm. it. Right. Yeah. No, they leave it at point. that. Yeah. That's a good point. So when you were looking at shoes though, like what, uh, I mean, I know you're a big Air Force One guy. So was it mostly Air Force Ones that caught your eye? Was it Nike? Was it other brands? It was definitely Nike. It was definitely the Air Force Ones that kind of drew me towards it. Air Force Ones and Jordans, I'd say, drew me towards it. Mm -hmm. But Air Forces was more from like, as crazy as it sounds, watching like much music mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah. seeing like the way people were wearing different things or yeah. MTV and seeing like, a big inspiration for me is Wu-Tang Clan, right? Nice, yeah. And you can you can pull up Wu-Tang Clan online and every photo you find, at least one of the members has Air Forces on. Sure, yeah. Right? Definitely a staple it, in hip-hop, yeah. Like when you looked at that shoe, you understood that it unified all of these people together who represented the shoe as more than just a shoe, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, back then it was it was almost part of the uniform. Right? Yeah, like hip hop and Air Force One specifically. Like you know, we talk about New York all the time with Rich Tim's, of course, being uh, one of those uniforms uh, pieces for New York. But Air Force Ones, another piece of that uniform too. I feel like you know, back when I would visit New York all the time, you couldn't look anywhere without seeing an Air Force One on somebody's feet, right? Didn't matter everywhere. what didn't matter what season it was either. You, there was like everywhere. Yeah, there was an Air Force <laughs> in, in every direction pretty much. But like you said, in hip hop as well. Strangely enough, Air Force One, not that expensive of a shoe. White yeah. on white, not that crazy of a, a cut, you know, very plain, very classic, whatever, but it's an iconic sneaker, something that just like you said, unified all these groups, hip hop artists, whatever the case may be sneaker enthusiasts all across just air force was just that iconic uh sneaker i remember like even like you go back to school shopping and shit and it was like air force is just a staple i just remember like popping you know my mids and my lows you know i got the all black mm -hmm. pair you know for winter when winter comes around you still want to get the sneakers off 
and then you got your white on whites. And that was just a thing. Like it was just it wasn't even a second thought. Like yeah. Air Forces, regardless of all the other stuff we rock, you know, the Jays and everything else, like you had to have a pair of Air Force Ones, whether it was a white on white or you used to get the white with, with the gum bottom was another mm-hmm. go-to. The gum bottoms were, were everything, man. Like my senior year, and I forget, you know, grabbing a pair of those. And then, of course, the mids, you know, the mids were, you know, what we rocked a lot as well on top of the lows. You know, Uptowns, that was just, you know, when I was living in Jersey, same thing. When I was coming up in Jersey, Air Forces were another staple, especially the mids. Um, the, that NYC series they did, you know, all the different colorways or whatever, that's what we was rocking. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things, you know, you get ready for school, you got the outfit laid out. I remember my senior year, i never forget this shit. I had a New York Knicks jersey, my all-black Air Force Ones, and a pair of shorts. And that was that was what I rocked <laughs> on the first day of school my senior year. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just... It's funny because, you know, like working for Foot Locker so many years, I always ended up seeing Air Forces as a Catholic high school shoe. No matter what the color was, no matter what they did with them, it was always a Catholic high school shoe. And it just, it represented me not being able to wear sneakers for so many years. And I didn't even have Air Forces, right? But like the way that we would sell black Air Forces during back to school time was just, it just became this shoe where I, I didn't love it. But getting older, I'm like, yo, the Air Forces are really dope. Like an Air Force One Low is just such a versatile shoe. We're with anything, man. Like it just, it just set the outfit off, man. You couldn't go yeah. wrong with a pair of wet on whites. You know what I mean? White tee, you know, black tee, whatever it was, you know, the short, your shorts, the shit just looked, it just looked good. That's what it was, man. And, you know, you just had to have those on deck. And of course they got to be crispy. They got to be clean, you know, get a couple of scuffs and those turn into, you know, mowing the lawn sneakers. So that's, <laughs> Amen. that's what it was, man. Yeah. That's what it was. I got Bring a fresh pair. Clean white Air Forces. Yeah, right? <laughs> Wear them like three times and ditch them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Breaks my heart, man, to see what this generation is doing to them things, man. It's crazy. Fucking nasty work. <laughs> so getting so getting back to Andrew, the- like uh and, and so okay, so it was it was it was the, the Air Forces that caught your eye. Got you into the hobby that became sort of like a passion as well. But you're born and raised in Hamilton, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know because you know we talk we talk we talk to like I mean I've met a I've been to I've met a, a bunch of people in Hamilton you you included, and there's a lot of like sneaker culture here. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, I mean you guys are not that far out from Toronto, and you I mean you jokingly say unfortunately, but a lot of the people that I talk to that are here, you know, carry the same mentality from you know a lot of the the, the places you know that I frequented when I grew up in Toronto in the GTA. So. You jokingly say, unfortunately, but I mean, there is somewhat of a culture. So what was it like growing up in terms of sneakers? Like were were, were people that you grew up around also inter- interested in sneakers like you were? Or was it something that you kind of had to venture out of Hamilton to sort of uh, talk with like-minded individuals? I feel like sneakers kind of became a trend at one point here. Like everyone was wearing Nikes. You'd see uh, Uptowns. You'd see up-tempos, you'd see um, random assortments of ones and stuff like that, but people didn't really have the interest. They were just looking for something that looked good and went with outfits. Yeah, right. Like, a lot of the time when I think back, and it sounds bad to say, but all I can think about is people rocking Jordans with Adidas pants. Right. <laughs> like, that was... You know what that I was mean? a thing. Yeah. Like, you look for the shoe that made you fly 
and a lot of people that's all they cared about they had that they were good they beat them to the ground mm -hmm. but then after a little bit people were like oh well i can own a couple more pairs i can keep them clean i can you know look good and still have that pair intact it doesn't have to be an everyday wear right but then there was like that select few of I don't know how to say this properly, but <laughs> the people who were getting their money mm -hmm, okay. and you knew that they had to have everything. When Jordans right. came out, they were the first in line mm -hmm. or they paid someone to stand in line for them to make sure they got them. And right. that's always been that. That's always been something that's existed in Hamilton. It's just they were their own kind of group. You know, right. you, you knew homies who were like that, but not everybody was like that. Sure. And then all of a sudden, everybody became like that because they realized the money that was in shoes then, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So getting, you know, getting into the evolution of sneakers in Hamilton or just that culture, how would you say it's changed now? Like, you know, like back then, were was the Foot Locker and Champs in Lime Ridge Mall getting the same releases as stores in Toronto? Like, would you guys, you know, have those lineups and things like that? Or was that like not a thing back then, like it is now? One thing I always remember is the 2016 Space Jams. Mm, and this is yeah. this is like a good kind of ground that I think about because I think Limeridge Foot Locker got 150 pairs. That sounds like a lot, yeah. That's right? about right, yeah. And there was probably 450 people waiting in line mm -hmm. for those 150 pairs. Yeah. But there were people who were waiting there in hopes that the dude in front of them got tired of waiting <laughs> okay, and yeah. went home. Right. There was, there was always that. So I think, I think definitely people were interested in still like going towards it, but stuff like that, bigger releases, I'd mm -hmm. say were looked as more of a money opportunity. Cause if you walked up and down that same line after Foot Locker opened, I guarantee you could buy a pair for $150 more than what retail was. Right. Right. So what you're saying is that, you know, the interest grew, but also the the presence of resellers and that sort of thing also mm -hmm. grew. Exactly. Release. Yeah. So maybe there weren't as many new sneaker enthusiasts that wanted the actual shoe, but more people that were sort of trying to take advantage of the fact that they could actually make money off of this too. Yeah. Exactly. And now everyone's a reseller. Right. So so the culture changed in a sense where people started to realize that sneakers is more than just a hobby. There's money to be made there as well. So you didn't necessarily have to be into sneakers and wear the sneakers. You knew that there would be people that would want to buy it for you, exactly. buy it from you for more money. Okay. Some people bought a pair to wear and a pair to sell. Yeah. And some people just bought a pair to sell. Right. 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 Yeah. So, I mean... Not much different than, you know, the neighboring areas like Toronto and, and what whatnot. I, I think the presence of reselling became a thing. Like, you know, it's still a thing. I mean, it's not, it's, I don't think it'll ever go away, to be quite honest. I mean, it's just one of those things that's you just kind of have to live with now. It's just part of the game. You know, there are going to be people that are going to, you know, resell sneakers and not even care about the sneakers. They just know that there's money to be made. I can't hate on that. They're, you know, people are grinding. But again, I guess it's that sort of mainstream perspective as well, right? Like sneakers become so mainstream now that other people are sort of exploiting the fact that 
they can actually make money of it. So not a bad thing, but it is nice to, nice to know that, you know, Hamilton is getting these releases now. You know, we talked about, you know, the, the reimagined fours just recently dropped. I know you guys were in line for reimagined threes previously. Like you can always count on Hamilton getting their fair share of uh, mm-hmm. sneaker releases now, which is good because like you said back, you know, when you started in 2013 or even earlier than that, you know, maybe the selection was a lot slimmer. Maybe they didn't even get the releases, for example, right? Like I know some parts in Toronto, it was like that too. So I couldn't imagine Hamilton getting it if, if places in Toronto were getting it either. Yeah. I, it was weird because you could always go in and find something of interest on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if it was too popular, we definitely didn't get it. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. But let's get into your 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 collection because the people that go into the store, if they get a chance to talk to you, they know you know what you like. They see what you're rocking. You know, you talked about your rotation, but I don't think enough people know you know what's in your actual collection. So, um, you know, talk a bit about what what what's in your collection. Like, what are some of your favorite pairs that you have that you own? One pair that I can think of off the top of my head, and actually it's Rich who helped me get this pair. So thank you oh, for I that, Rich. That. Is <laughs> the the '97 Cherry Twelves? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Um, Kali special. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the 09 pair on shelves, and that red always stood out to me. And I was like, one day I'm gonna own them. One day I'm gonna own them. And then when Rich hit me up and was like. I actually have these. I got to get them repainted because those were horrendous. I don't know what someone decided to do with those, but and you've seen them in person too, Mike. Yeah, he's oh, seen. Well, them you in saw person. you saw them pre-restoration. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I know. We don't need to be vague about who it was, Andrew. We all know who it was. We can say the name officially. Oh yeah, the homie Kon- Konoski, right? Hooked them. No, up. no, no. Who? No, no. Who painted yeah. them? Oh, who painted them? Uh, who what? So Savior Kicks did the repaint yes. on him. Salute to him. Kali fucked them up. So Kali's the one who just I, mangled them. He was um, trying to do his own version of a custom. He'll hear this and he'll have his reasons. But <laughs> okay, all right. Um... <laughs> he, tried, he tried to replicate the 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 Rising Sun Japan thing or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, those those were sick. The Rising Suns are an underrated twelve as well. Maybe not do it yourself kind of (laughs) but you know they they were a good too yeah those were those were an incredible thing to get i loved the cherry 12 and i was trying so hard to get a pair of them i just didn't want to pay like you go on any app right now you look at them and they're 800 bucks why am i paying 800 bucks for jordan for the 97 pair you talking about the 09 pair no just the 09 pair like any yeah Yeah. they were up they were up there man they were up there you know why because Outside of the OG pair, the 09 was the only retro. Yeah. Okay. So if you that. didn't have that retro, they were very sought after. Mm-hmm. Um, people were begging for them. So that's why when they came back, you know, a lot of people were excited, but they were expensive. Man, I <laughs> that pair. That. They were expensive, man. I had no idea. Crazy yeah, that in there. the time of the restoration that they re-released the shoe. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought I'd see that. Never thought I'd see another Cherry 12 on shelf. Well, oh. that's Jordan. Yeah, because they talked, they, they, they toyed about it for a long time, and we just never yeah. got a retro for it. So glad, glad they did it. How do you, I mean, it's an OG pair. Yeah, but so you're an OG. It's, exactly. it's not, yeah, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hold, you know, that retro is not gonna hold any weight. 
to to an original pair, original box, original laces, original insoles, all of that. The leather is just mm-hmm. immaculate. There, but yeah, there, I'm glad I could else. help you out with that. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that they went to someone who could truly appreciate them. And honestly, like I'm a big proponent of if I have something and I know someone. And not to say I don't see value in it, but for me, like I'm a collector, right? So like I have pairs, I'll just put it in a, a, a glass case and just leave it, right? Like I have no problem with that. But if I know someone who's going to appreciate that, I'd rather someone have that, wear it, enjoy it. And then if you choose to, you know, when it's shelf life is done, do that. But at least you can say like, this is a, a pair I got to experience. I mean, I, I don't even think you were born, Andrew, when that pair released. I was born in 2002. So, I mean, Look at holy oh, fuck, man! Got me out here. <laughs> Damn. Wow. <laughs> like so, I mean, to put it in perspective, you're wearing a sneaker essentially that came out five years before you even born. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Like when when you when you look at that. Yeah, and the shoe's older than you, man. It's I I read about that all the time on social media, like. You know, like in the comments, people will say, you know, what do you know about this shoe? You weren't even born, you know, this shoe is older than you and all that stuff. And, you know, it's true. Like, I mean, you know, we're getting to the, you know, we're getting into the years now where, you know, a lot of people never saw Jordan play. There's pairs, you know, like, you know, he's born in the 2000s, right? Jordan's started coming out in 85. So some of these shoes are 15 plus years older than him already. The thing is that like, it doesn't mean you can't appreciate it, right? So the fact that you can look at that shoe, own an OG, but appreciate, you know, the history that comes with it too. I think that's what I admire most about your collection because we talk about Air Forces all the time, older Air Forces and, you know, things like that. So, you know, are there any other favorite pairs? I know Rich helped you get that one, but, you know, what what other pairs? Uh, any? Definitely some favorite pairs. Man, uh, I hate talking about like new pickups coming back to that because <laughs> I'm really talking about the new stuff I buy because I forget about a lot about the old stuff. But those terror squads, that was a dream to get. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if a lot of people will remember this photo because I feel like it's a fever dream when I talk about it. I can't find it on Google. But there's a photo of, there was a photo of Fat Joe, and he was sitting courtside at a Lakers game in like 2006, and he was wearing an all black upper with the Terror Squad logo in white with the white midsole and black bottom. And every time I look at that shoe and know that I have it in my collection, I feel like how cool Fat Joe looks sitting there. Of course, and you know what? A lot of people, a lot of people share those same sentiments. Like they never thought they'd be able to own a Terra Squad because, you know, Fat Joe was one of those original, almost like I want to say like PE type of guys, right? Especially mm-hmm. for Air Force ones, right? Like, you know, we all remember the, you know, the licking of the bottom of shoe, you know, that mm-hmm. episode of Cribs, and just showing his shoe collection and him talking about sneakers and just him being so closely affiliated with Nike and having those, I guess, quote unquote PEs. Nobody thought they would ever be able to own Terror Squad Air Force Ones unless they were gifted a pair of friends and family or, you know, they knew somebody that was, you know, you know, part of his label or whatever the case was. But for them to re-release those in GR fashion, I think a lot of people were like, man, I don't give a fuck if they're GR. I don't care that, you know, whatever. I'm I'm just glad to be able to own this pair. And I think the same thing happened with like the Rockefeller Air Force Ones as well. Yeah. I think we talked about these too. One mm-hmm. time in the shop. When they first re-released, people were kind of sleeping on them. They were like, oh, well, it's the retro. I don't really want it. And now 
you know, you go back and people are, are dying to get that retro now because yeah. they they slept on it and those prices kind of went up too. The the Rockefellers were odd Air Force for sure because um, that was one of the first times we'd seen Nike release a premium release Air Force without lace durables. Mm. And it was to pay homage to the original samples of the Rockefellers. All the original samples didn't come with lace durables. Mm. So Nike thought it would be like, honestly, I think it was them saving money. But (laughs) 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 it's still nice to think that that was an homage to the original samples, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's a great part. I know Rich talks about that pair all the time. He rocks his frequently all the time. And a lot of people that own that pair or when those came out, they were like, oh, I need to get this pair. And they were actually not, they were GR'd, but a lot of people kind of missed out. You know, they, they, you know, they sold out that sort of thing too in a lot of places, at least in the sizes that they wanted, but not exactly the easiest pair to get because there was still a high demand for them too. I'm still hunting 10 in the GR. (laughs) <laughs> see and there you go like i mean like the prices are not crazy crazy like as if you were trying to get one you know back in the day yeah. but i mean you know the fact that they were gr it's kind of it, it's hard to justify paying some resale prices when you know that there were so many available mm-hmm. right i love the fact that they bricked was smiling at the resellers you ain't making no money off these <laughs> give me that yeah. retail price there boy exactly exactly <laughs> that's how i felt with the terror squads uh, yep yeah. Give me that retail price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, were, there any, were there any particular pairs in your collection that you were like proud to add to your collection? Like, I know you're talking about the Cherry 12s is one of the, like, you know, a, yeah. a pair, like an OG pair, but is there like something that you're like, man. The the Lemonades one. and the MCAs. Oh, the, the Air Force one. The Off-Whites. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Both of those pairs. So um, the, the MCAs, I actually have, I don't want to say funny because it's just, horrific timing on this the mcas i've woken up i was at a buddy's house and i'd been watching this pair on goat and every day the seller was like wavering the price it would go like down like 25 or down like 50 yeah, just to yeah. see if people would gain interest oh, he's playing the dance he's dancing he's exactly dancing. He's right the you dance, know, yeah. playing the dance yeah and one morning i don't know what came over me i don't know who i was feeling like I sure didn't have the funds for it at the moment, but I put 1800 out on those MCAs and I was like, I'm sitting there afterwards. I'm in my homie's house and I'm just like, what have I done? Like, why did I spend 1800 on a pair of shoes? And then I open Instagram and Virgil had passed away. Oh, and I was like, whoa. So the first thing that's going through my mind is it's going to take two weeks for my credit card to process this refund. Like I'm not getting these shoes. There's no right, way. Right? right. Yeah. The seller's going to cancel it, whatever. He honored it oh, and they wow. came through. So I got that pair like two weeks later. There was no, no communication, nothing. I didn't hear from goat. That the seller had canceled. So I, I didn't yeah. really know what was happening. And then they arrived at my doorstep and I was very happy about that pair. That's crazy because I know, and that's that's that like you said, that's some crazy timing too. Because I just remember the same thing happened with Kobe. I remember all of a sudden people were like just snatching up all the Kobe's that were on StockX or or Go to whatever the the app was, 
And then people were actually canceling their orders because yep. they would just take the hit on the penalty, whatever it was. I think it was like a 10% or a 15% restock fee or whatever that they charge you. They'll take that hit and then they just reposted it again at like an astronomical price. And then people were doing that. Like people were just still buying them. And then same thing with the Virgil thing too. I just remember Off-White Chicago 2s. I think Rich was looking to buy those uh, when they had released and then Virgil passed. And then mm-hmm. boom, we just seen every price of the asks get higher and higher and higher. And then you just flip to the the sales and you see every price getting higher and higher and higher in terms of the sales too. And, and that was exactly the same thing that was happening. People were just buying and reselling them almost, I felt like. For me, it was just crazy to see, like Kev said, the prices happen in real time. Yeah. That was the most trippiest fucking thing I've ever seen was to literally be on that app and just watch the prices just fucking going up like the stock market. It was fucking insane, man. So just something I've never seen before. Like when I see the passing and I'm, I go on StockX and it's just like numbers are just changing. I'm just like, holy shit. And by end of day, it was like astronomical in terms of the apps. I do remember too, the morning that Virgil had passed away, I was watching the off-white Chicago ones there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, were you guys keeping up with, at that time, like, were you were you on the app? Did you see those real-time changes? I was kind of just watching all off-white yeah. sneakers just to see what the trend was because, you know, especially somebody like Virgil and the off-white, his Nike off-white line, just how popular it was already. When the news broke out for that, you know, people were just going to go nuts and try to, like, you know, they were either going to try to make sure that they owned a piece of history or they were trying to, you know, capitalize off of it, right? So, like I said, I don't know what the sales were exactly. Like, they could have been people that were buying it just because they want to own it. But I feel like more so, you know, the resellers or people that want to make money off of it were buying the ones that were at, at the lowest prices possible and then, you know, waiting and then flipping them again because they knew that, you know, I'm buying them for expensive price now, but I can still make more money on top of that once I get them in hand, whatever. But... It was like a whirlwind, to be honest, because there was cancellations. There was people fulfilling orders. Like you didn't know what you were going to get, right, to be honest. So it was just like Rich said, it was just super trippy to see that whole thing because we know about, you know, just uh, collectibles in general, right? When somebody passes, then obviously the, the prices of that item, whatever it is for that person will go up. It's just how it, how you know, that's just how that whole thing works, right? But to be living in that moment when it happens, you don't really necessarily know how that's going to look, to be honest. So, and somebody that was part of like such a huge part of that culture, you know, you're kind of like, it, it, it means more, like you kind of understand it more. Right. I think like you guys deal with a lot of stuff at Omnis in terms of collectibles and just collectors in general, like, Let's just say, for example, like when Stan Lee passed away or whatever, like I'm not into comics like that. So I don't really know, you know, how the effect was, but I can just imagine if you have something that's signed by Stan Lee, if you have a number one, whatever, you know, comic of his, and now he's passed immediately, that's going to go up just because of that reason. Right. Yeah. I, I just, it was so crazy to watch that. I remember watching the prices jump from like 5,700 to 7,500 to 50 racks and there was there was even a store that i don't really want to throw the name out because no free promotion for these guys um (laughs) but they're a four-letter sneakers store and they were selling them for 250 grand 
in a size six wow. and a half. That's crazy. I still have the screenshot from Google that morning because I could not believe my eyes. I just had to look to see if, I, you know, I, yeah. I had a feeling in my gut that said they'd be charging up on prices of shoes. And I, yeah. I checked it out and I was like, guys, that's just a bad look. Yeah, it's 250 is a little excessive. I know. Like, I mean, wishful thinking, maybe. But who knows? I mean, maybe somebody bought them just thinking that that was, I mean, they would just appreciate even more than that. But I think that's pretty wild, like, to, to try to capitalize that much. But again, like I said, you never really know how the market's going to handle something like that. And I think, you know, we've seen prices come down, you know, a lot of off-weight stuff. Kobe's same thing, too. Like, you know, there was a time where, you know, people were, you know, just trying to gouge and... Just the way the sneaker landscape is right now, it's it's hard to keep something like that at such a high price because look at look at everything that's retroing now, right? Like you just talked about the Cherry 12s, you know, like an OG pair and Rich said, you know, the 2009 pair, those were the only two pairs that were available. All Nike has to do is just retro it again and then all those other pairs kind of just like lose their value instantly, mm-hmm. right? But when you have something like a, a comic, a sports card, something like that, that you can't just reprint, right? Those are the things that kind of retain its value. Yeah, 100%, 100%. It's such a such a weird thing too because like you look at all of the history of what people put into stuff and people at least I find there are things that should be appreciated a lot more mm-hmm. that go completely unlooked in sneakers and then yeah. there are like the story and everything that goes into it. Man, the flu games for example, yeah. just to name drop a shoe the story behind that is so incredible. I bet you if you interviewed eight out of 10 people who had flu games on their feet, they have no idea what the story is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, and, and that's one of the things that I find disappointing just about being passionate about sneakers is that we grew up in that era. Like we grew up when it happened in real time and, you know, we know the history too. And now it's more so about, you know, what's the value of a sneaker, you know, yep. like how limited is the sneaker, yep. which celebrities rocking the sneaker, which celebrities co-signing the sneaker, which collab is it? Like those types of things are what drives this market now, which is kind of unfortunate. Whereas, you know, something like a Cherry 12 back in the day, you just had to go to the store. Like you probably had to line up because Jordans were popular and they were new, but you got a pair. There was there was no reason you weren't getting a pair. There was more than enough for everybody. You could even buy two if you wanted to. You know, it was like one of those things, you know. People lined up because they wanted it, right? But there was more than enough to go around. Whereas now it's just more so about is this collab limited? Is this collab, you know, co-signed by a, a celebrity? That sort of thing. So I think the education definitely is, is something that, you know, we need to get back to. But, you know, it's it's safe to say that when you bought the, your MCAs, you were buying it because you wanted them. Yeah. You, know, you didn't even know Virgil had passed, right? Like, no. it wasn't like, oh, now that he's gone, now I want them even more. It was like, I was going to buy these anyways. Mm-hmm. Just so happened the timing, right? So, you know, glad you were able to to get your pair before the prices skyrocketed, right? Yeah, they're like 33-something now, I think, brand new. Yeah. I can imagine. And and that was one of those pairs that was also kind of a, like a limited drop too. I, I want to think it was like a, a geolocation sneakers drop or something. Like you had to be in the New York area. I think that was the MCAs and the ICAs that were location-based. I don't know about the MoMAs. The MoMA might have also been location-based as well. The Brooklyn, the Brooklyn ones weren't though. No, you yeah. could 
the green one right you're talking about yeah. the green one yeah yeah which i still need in my collection <laughs> those i'm i'm fiending for but I, i'm gonna chill i'm spending that much on air forces for right now. <laughs> well if you're a 10 you're sorry you're 10 or 10 and a half 10 10 okay well i think we may I, I think i may know somebody who still has that pair if if uh if you're looking for it we'll talk <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that aside from that pair are there any other pairs that you're kind of like on the hunt for or sort of eluded you over the years these are crazy ones i'm about to throw out the original playstation air forces <clears throat> as well as they did the PlayStation IDs. I don't know if you guys remember what I'm talking about, but ID. you could, yeah, you could put all of the same leather that was used on the Nike PlayStation like in the this, patent. Yeah, yeah, but okay. all the colors and everything like that was unlocked, and you could create a one to one, virtually the exact same of the PlayStation Air Forces without right. the without PlayStation the, yes. branding, right? right? And I am forever on a hunt because I know that there's pairs of them that exist without that PlayStation branding that someone ID'd. And I know there's hundreds of pairs out there because I see them every once in a while. Yeah, but yeah, right. to find something so niche and specific is almost impossible, right? Yeah, because we talked about this with the guys at Kenshi, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Trevor Rich, but... Andre, he, he had owned a pair, he beat the fuck out of them, still sold them for a couple racks, whatever it was. But now he's kind of like on the hunt for it. But he knows now, first of all, they're like super rare, right? Like there was only a certain amount of pairs. And if anybody has them, they're either beat to shit or nobody's selling it. Mm -hmm. But just the price now, like it's just insane to see what the prices are on PlayStations. Like 30 most places. Yeah. That's, cra that's, that's crazy. Right. Which that's the, crazy. there's no point like... Who's going to spend that? You know, you got to find the person who has it and sweet talk them or however you're going to do it. But there's no person on this planet that's paying 30 grand for a shoe that they're going to put on their feet. Yeah. It's, it just doesn't make sense. It's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's people out there, but any normal person in our yeah. tax bracket is not doing that. That's yeah. what you mean. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Well, I mean, hopefully you find the ID pair because I think that seems like a more reasonable. You'd be pair. surprised. Yeah, I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know that, they, that, that that existed where you can sort of replicate the exact because. I find that Nike, especially with ID, like I've fucked around on ID for, for, for decades, right? And mm. they always try to fuck you in a way where, you know, you can almost make what you want to make, but they kind of just take that one panel away or that one feature away that kind of take, mm -hmm. you know? But like you said, they did it with that and the people that were that were in the know, they made them, right? Because yeah. I see when Nike finally did the dunks by you, People were doing the 7-Elevens because you mm -hmm. could do the exact same color blocking for those too, just without the 7-Eleven mm -hmm. branding. Yeah. And I know a bunch of those exist out there too. Like people have made them. I've seen people post them, you know, that sort of thing too. So, I mean, I hope you can attain those, at least the ID pair, because that seems a little bit more realistic. Well, while you're on the topic of it, I, I just got to ask, do you know the whole story behind the 7-Eleven dunks? Like what the whole hype with them is? I know that they had canceled them, like they were supposed to release, but I don't know why they canceled the release. They were uh, supposed to be for the Olympics. I think it was Tokyo. Quote me if I'm wrong. On oh, this. yeah. It was I Tokyo think... Olympics. And they canceled the Olympics. 
They canceled the <laughs> ceremony because of COVID. COVID, yes, okay. I remember that. And, and then Nike pulled the contract for absolutely, like, all the pairs were made. They had all these stock. They had them sent out to some stores. That's how people mm-hmm. got pairs so early, right? Yeah. No sample boxes, nothing nothing that shouldn't be out in the public. They were all yeah, general the actual releases, retail, Yeah, the actual right? retail. Mm-hmm. And then they just pulled the contracts. They were like, yeah, we're not going to wait till whenever this is done. That's it. They just pulled the whole thing all together. For what reason? I, I still yeah, don't that understand. Seems, yeah, that, that seems strange. I, I know, like, for example, like the Air Max one, the Betsy Ross pair. I know I they pulled that. those because of the flag in the back, whatever the, you know, those implications, especially with the whole thing with BLM and everything. So I get why they did that. But what you're talking about seems odd. You know, like, I get that, you know, the Olympics didn't happen, but... I don't see any correlation of 7-Eleven to the Olympics. Were they like a major sponsor? Like, you know what I mean? I have no clue. But I know that the part that annoys me the most was I know there was supposed to be an Air Force as well. A 7-Eleven Air Force. The same color scheme with the, the logo thing, or at least I heard rumors of it. And when they canceled the project, I was like, man, that would have been such a weird Air Force to own. I don't even think I would have practically wore it, but I would have liked to have had it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, especially with the Air Forces, I find that you have, I guess, maybe unofficially like a pack, right? Like you'll have maybe an Air Max 1 colorway that also comes out in an Air Force colorway. And, you know, I like that they do that because not everyone likes Air Max 1s or not everyone likes Air Forces, but they do it kind of to satisfy both markets. But yeah, as an Air Force 1 guy, right, it'd be nice to have, you know, the colorway of that particular shoe, you know, if you've seen it on a dunk and you enjoy that colorway. Right. Yeah. So... I know you're a young guy, you know, we, we joke with, with Trev all the time in terms of just like him being the youngest, right? But you're obviously a lot younger than him. You're born in 2002. So tell us a little bit about what goes into the building of your collection, because, you know, when you started collecting was 2013 or maybe a little bit earlier than that. So like, you know, we're in the newer retro phase now, right? And you obviously like older stuff. So what is the thought process when you're building your collection? Because I know you have newer stuff too, because you bought some ambush up tempo lows, but you do appreciate the older stuff too. When I talk to you, we always talk about older stuff. So, you know, what's the thought process when you build your collection? Because you talk about comfort, you talk about whatever, but is it mainly a certain thing? Like, is it nostalgia? Is it comfort? Is it style? Like, what are those, uh, the reasons? Jordans, I find, I like whatever's odd. And I know that's a very weird way of putting it. But like a lot of the ones that I've grabbed, like those Pantones, they're a great colorway, but they're not functional for a person to wear those every single day. Yeah, right. The only people that really own those shoes wear them like same as I do three times a year, maybe. But they're still in the rotation. They look great when you own them, when you have them on your feet, but they're just not like a practical everyday shoe. That's what I kind of am more drawn towards with the Jordans. I like the stuff that doesn't stand out, but is standout-ish in its own right. Yeah, like you like to be unique when you rock a pair of Jordans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those infrared 23s. That's such an incredible Jordan 3 that mm-hmm. no one knows what it is. And when you put those on with pretty much any pair of pants, you're going to look good. Yeah, You know, there's there's nothing bad about the shoe, but because it wasn't one of those serial retros, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm not too interested in it, right? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think, you know, we lose sight of the fact that there's so many great colorways that 
are not OG colorways, right? Mm-hmm. You know, being an old head myself, we gravitate towards the OG colorways. We love it when a, a Bread 4 comes out. We love it yeah. when the Reimagined 3 comes out, the Chicago ones. You know, these types of things make a lot of people go crazy, right? Like they, they need to have them. But there's so many other colorways that you kind of gravitate towards because you know a lot of people are not going to rock them. Yeah, And that goes for me with Air Maxes, like Trevor and I, I like the GRs. Like I have, I own so many GRs that when I rock them, people are like, yo, what are those, man? I never, I never knew those came out. And it's just like, oh, I got them at the outlet. I got them on go for dirt cheap. They're just, were sitting on shelves at Foot Locker when they released, right? So people don't really notice them as much because they're not part of that sort of top tier of limited and exclusive colorways. The other thing that I was thinking about too for what draws me towards the shoes I buy. I like a lot of older Air Forces per se, mm-hmm. which have, you know, the embroidered designs. I know this is so specific to say this, but like something that has a micro embroidered design on it, those tropical yeah. packs, the Air Forces from back then, like the Rockefellers, like you were saying. Port, what are uh, the Puerto Rico ones? Don't they have like yeah, Puerto Rico, like yeah. the flag? Like, it's a lot of those flag series ones. All, all those, yeah. yeah, all those ones that one have better quality leather than just a white on white Air Force or a black on black Air Force, right? But also have just that slight bit of character to them. And, you know, there's always something behind why that logo's on the shoe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just something to make you think when you look down at them, right? Yeah. And that's what I love about, you know, when I talk to you about sneakers too, is that, you know, you're just so knowledgeable about the details and things like that. And not only that, like you teach me a lot of stuff about sneakers that I didn't even know about, right? Even just being a younger head yourself, right? So I can appreciate the fact that you educate, right? I think that's an important thing about just the sneaker culture now that we lose is that the education we talked about just, you know, people not knowing the history and things like that. And it sounds very like, old sneakerhead kind of thing to say like oh you don't know the history so you can't wear the sneaker oh you don't know the stats and all that other stuff like i think that's a little extreme but just knowing the history of the culture i think is important and i I like that you gravitate towards the older pairs because you take the time to learn that history you take the time to educate people about things like that you take the time to learn what these details are and find out all these different colorways and things like that whether it's air forces or jordans or or any sneaker that you're into i think educating not i don't want to say educating that makes me feel like i'm being too cocky about myself <laughs> but just interacting with people yeah. and just talking about the things that are so interesting like Nike will add these little hang tags or stuff. And to most people, it's just a piece of plastic that's hanging off a shoe. But then, you know, if it's a microphone charm for like those 50 years of hip hop Air Force Mm -hmm. pair, right? There's that whole story. There's a reason why they chose the microphone design that they did for that pair, because it connects to the roots of some of the cheaper microphones that were available at the time that would readily be used by the people that they, you know, right. Yeah, there's yeah. all those little details that a lot of people overlook. And I, I think that's so interesting about the shoe. And honestly, if I like the story enough, I end up having it in my collection. If I can find it, my yeah, size right. just because, right. I love sure. talking about the story. Yeah, no. And I, and I love that. And that's, that's kind of how our conversations go, you know, like I'll go into the shop and, you know, you'll be there. We'll start chatting and then you'll be like, yo, Kev, did you see this pair? 
right? And I'll be like, no, I didn't see the pair. And you'll show it to me. And then you'll tell me, you know, the history behind it. Or, you know, you'll tell me about those yeah. details. And I love those conversations. Like you said, it's not so much education, but just more so engaging and interacting with people and just talking about your love for sneakers and, you know, maybe exposing some tidbits that, you know, some people may not know, right? And just kind of the geek in us kind of comes out. And yeah. I like those interactions. I don't get that from a lot of people to be honest, and especially people, there's such a big gap in age, right? Like, of course, I don't want to say like, I know everything about sneakers, because I don't, I'm always learning about new stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not as in, into Air Forces as you are. So when I hear you talk about Air Force, it's like, man, I never knew about that. And it just gets me interested in the whole just sneaker discussion in general. I appreciate that, man. I enjoy our conversations as well. That's what I'm there for. Well, that and to do my job, but mostly to, <laughs> mostly to interact with the customers yeah. and really try to have a good experience with everyone who comes in, right? Yeah, but I mean, we don't always talk about sneakers too, because you know, like in in Omnis, you guys have vintage clothing and stuff like yeah. that too. So we talk about fits, we talk about clothes, and we notice the drip. You always got dope dope fits on and all that stuff too. So. How does your love for, you know, style and fashion also play a part in what you rock for sneakers? Shoes changed how I perceive fashion. I was the kid who wore Adidas pants with Jordans. Yeah, I think we all did at one point. Right. I, you know, and, and you know what? It kind of stemmed from, okay, so this is my story. Like, you know, like, sorry to interrupt, but I mean, like, when I was younger, you know, you saw your favorite rap artist wearing like this jacket. So you got this jacket, you knew it was dope, right? You saw these pair of pants that, you know, maybe you couldn't get that exact pants, but you kind of got the style of that pants. Um, so, you know, these were like your your top pieces and you didn't care. You just kind of wore them all together. <laughs> You're just like, well, I'm going to wear my best jacket with my best shirt, with my best pants and my dopest sneakers. And that's my fit, right? You didn't really care about if it was Adidas pants and you had yeah. Nike shoes. Those were your two best things. So you wore them together, right? That was my story, at least. No, I, I definitely agree. I don't know where it kind of transitioned. When I looked into the history of the shoes that I would get into my collection, yeah. I'd see the photos that were attached to it. And then you see how like different collectives of people put those shoes together with outfits. And then you're like, oh, those those pants are sick. Yeah, those would yeah. look good in my wardrobe. So then you try to go out of your way to find those pants right yep. and then once you have them you don't stop you just you got to keep going through and finding the stuff that's in that vibe right of course yeah. keep building it so the style the style that you sort of evolved over the years started with sneakers but when you build your outfits are you starting with your shoes and then going up or are you doing it the other way around Definitely start with my shoes and go up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I don't think there's any other way to do it. Shoes make your entire outfit. You could have on the cleanest outfit ever, but if you're wearing like, you know, something that's just out of this world, like 312 Legacies, those, remember those Don C joints? Of course. That he did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you're wearing a pair of those with your best fit, it's not going to go the same as if you styled the shoes before you styled the fit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense for sure. I mean, shoes are a vibe. I mean, maybe we're biased because we're we're sneaker guys, but definitely. I think you're right. Like it there's something about the sneakers that if you're not wearing the right sneaker for the outfit that you have, it throws the whole thing off. You kind of just wasted that entire yeah. outfit, you know what I mean? 
yeah, that's that's always one of those ones you don't want to get stuck with film like right you don't want to look down afterwards and you're like oh i got it i got the outfit together i'm feeling good and then you look down at your shoes and you're like man how do i step out of the house (laughs) (laughs) yeah what was i thinking yeah (laughs) yeah there's times you know we we joked around this before but there's times when you're you know you're going through your collection you're like there's three or four pairs that you're thinking about rocking with your outfit right and you know you you kind of like Take that extra thirty minutes stuff for Rich, maybe a few hours. <laughs> a few hours, but, yeah. But I mean, it, it does make a huge difference, right? So, but I mean, you know, when I'm at Omnis, you know, you guys have vintage clothing and all that stuff too. So, what are your thoughts on the vintage scene specifically? And actually, you know what? Before we get into that, like, how did you get connected to Omnis? Like. You know, we we know we've had Mario and and Steve on the show a couple times before, and they've talked about the shop and you know where the beginnings of it, how it's evolved, etc. But you know, we've never really gotten into the team. Like, we go there, we meet you guys. You know, we see you guys, we talk with you guys, and we know you're part of the team. But how did you get connected with Omnis? Honestly, I was hanging out with a buddy one day, and we were just looking through Google trying to find something to do bored out of our minds and we stumbled across the shop it was maybe six months after they'd opened i went in the vibe was just there they were good yeah. guys good conversation whatever and i started going back and going back and then eventually i was like huh maybe they need some help around here <laughs> and then you just kind of pester your way into having a job right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh is that it okay so- that's pretty much what it was yeah yeah just, so pretty yeah. much me and Rich should be employed there by now. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Rich should have stock options at this point, yeah. but anyway. Well, this is definitely <laughs> Yeah, shout out, shout out to Mario and Steve. And Steve, um, man. For first having enough trust to hire you. <laughs> yeah. No, but all jokes aside, you know, you're, you're a good guy for sure. So I can see why they hired you, but I don't know the background of all the team. Like if you guys grew up together, was there some sort of application process or whatever, but no, I mean, they obviously picked a good person who fit the position, but you know, not so much with the sneakers. Like I know, you know, a lot about sneakers, but you also know your stuff about vintage clothing too. Like I see the way you interact with customers. They're not always looking for sneakers. A lot of the time they're, they're, they're looking at clothes and you're super knowledgeable about that. But what are your thoughts on like just the vintage scene in the community? Like, like how have you perceived the evolution of vintage culture itself? A lot like sneakers. It started out as something I guess people necessarily weren't always doing unless they, you know, if you were running late somewhere and you saw like a value village or something, you popped in, grabbed like a shirt or whatever. (laughs) And that was how a lot of people perceived thrifting. And now I feel like because it's become this upwards trend where everyone wants to go thrifting. Now you see more stores popping up. You see more people who want to go thrifting, more people who make content on it, all kinds of stuff like that. I think it evolved almost on the same trend that sneakers did. Yeah, there's definitely a huge uptick in like vintage stores now, you know, stores, you know, like yours, but just all across the country now, like we had the guys from Vintage Beats Hype on recently, right? And they Great guys. Up, yeah, we they we had them on recently. They opened up in Waterloo. And just like, I used to have a, an ex-girlfriend that 
I went to school in Waterloo. And when I went out there, there was nothing out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, you know, I would have thought the same thing about Hamilton. When I came out here, I was like, well, I love sneakers. Am I going to have to go back to Toronto every weekend to yeah. get sneakers or whatever, find cool people that have like-minded passion for things like sneaker. But, you know, lo and behold, Rich in- introduces me to Omnis and, you know, the guys out there. And, you know, the culture is just sort of almost exploded, I want to say. But not everybody has the knowledge about the vintage scene or, you know, the pieces that you guys have. Definitely. I feel like I feel like a lot of people are trying to make themselves more knowledgeable in the vintage scene. Yeah, which is right. cool. A lot of people want to learn. And that's that's something you definitely need. But I feel like there's so much pushed about it, like I was saying with content and different things like that, mm-hmm. that people are getting the wrong ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're being swayed more towards one side or the other for how things operate inside the vintage world right yeah exactly and i get it's you know there are people that are just sort of into it for the trend right like everyone wants you know a band tee now or a rap tee everyone mm-hmm. wants so like a wrestling tee for example or you know just uh carhartt jackets and things like that and you know they're kind of in it for the trend and i get that those pieces are popular but, you know, what pieces do you find people are grad- gravitating towards uh, in the vintage scene? Like, you know, people that are in the know, people that kind of appreciate the vintage stuff. Like, what are the things that they're looking for these days? A lot of people like Carhartt right now. I know yeah. that's that's a very trendy thing to say, but it's not just people who are riding a trend kind of thing. I think the mm-hmm. trend brought a lot of people who realize that their stuff is quality right carhartt yeah. makes work where it's it's gonna be quality stuff mm-hmm. it's built to last exactly like i fell for the tra- trap i got a carhartt jacket sitting right here there you go, yeah. but that's one of those things where i think it's so timeless that it'll never go out of style mm-hmm. so there will never be a time where people aren't buying that i find t-shirts i wouldn't say necessarily a brand or anything of the sorts but i find like if it's a reasonably priced t-shirt, whether it has some kind of cool large graphic or some small graphic somewhere on the t-shirt, mm-hmm. people are going to buy it. If it looks interesting enough to them, it doesn't matter what brand it is. As long as it says vintage before it, yeah, they're interested. <laughs> yeah, right? right. That's kind of a bad way of... I guess, representing it, but it's also the best way to be honest towards how this, how things look, right? You notice it a lot more with that, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, are looking for something that's unique, right? And when you go into a vintage shop, it's not, you know, a mass produced, you know, screen printed, Mm -hmm. something that you'd find at every store, every mall or whatever it is. When you go into, you know, a store like yours or like Omnis, you're looking for those unique pieces. You're looking for something that sort of speaks to your personality. And there always is something for everybody I find. And it's just, the thing is that you just got to find it, right? Yeah, like that's definitely. the thing. And I, and I love that about just shopping at stores like Omnis is that, you know, that hunt is there, you know, like you guys also do the hunting. You guys are curating pieces for the store, things that are hard to find, things that are unique, things that are rare, decades old and that sort of thing. And you know, nobody else is going to have it. Sure, it's it. Some things may have flaws on it, but I think that's what people 
are interested in too like they want that flaw they want those fades they want those tears and and you know that sort of thing too because it kind of completes the look of that uniqueness because you can't replicate a fade right you can't distress something the way that you would over time and <laughs> i think that's what i enjoy about looking for unique pieces is just that hunt yeah i i agree that uh, the faded especially faded and ripped clothing items are very popular now people are more drawn towards like you were saying unique flaws as opposed to you know the trend was before of looking constantly clean not having holes and things right i feel yeah. like that's switched a lot from how it used to be yeah and even if it was distressed like there was a time when everybody wore ripped jeans right but yeah. it was very calculated the way that they distressed their jeans like you just knew you know obviously they're not vintage right but mm -hmm. it was almost cookie cutter the way you have the same rip on the knee you know you have like a rip just at the thigh or something like that like it was just made to to look that way Whereas, you know, you go into any vintage shop now, those flaws are almost like it's kind of sought after now, like to get little holes around the collar, but the shirt is still intact. Like you, you can't replicate that. It's impossible. Definitely. It's interesting, too, because I feel like people, if it's not the specific way they're looking for, they will hem certain things and leave other things, which is also cool in its own right. Like I've seen a lot of people do patchwork stuff, right? Yeah, Where they'll yeah. fill over some holes with patches of different colored materials and then leave others, which is cool because you're putting your own unique spin on the clothing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, I think that's what's cool about the community in general is that everyone has their own idea of what looks good and it's just putting their own unique spin on it too, mm -hmm. right? But where do you see like the interest for vintage going like in the near future? Like, do you think this is still just going to be a trend or like, is this something that's going to continue on for decades? It's hard to say because for a long time, like comparatively speaking, I always thought the sneaker market was going to be as large as it was from say 2016 to 2020. Mm -hmm. But Again, different things interfered with that. And now you kind of see that market stabilizing out. I don't want to say I feel like that will happen to vintage. But in a way, I also believe that could be the trend of vintage. It could mm -hmm. be all the rage, all the height at one point and then slowly trickle down. And it's, you know, the, those who continue to do it still do it. But there's not that many new people coming into the scene. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the way I'm hearing it is there's going to be like eras, I feel like, you know, in sneakers, yeah. the same thing too. Like you had that 2016 to 2020 era, you know, there's different eras, different generations, things like that. And vintage, I think vintage is unique too, because there's going to be newer things that will eventually become vintage, right? Like when I see, you know, 90s tees, right, that are vintage, like mm -hmm. for me, that's that brings me back, right? Like I see yeah. you guys carry bulls, three-peat. Um, championship tees and things like that i'm like man i remember when these tees were in the stores in abundance right yeah. and now it's just become vintage because it's it's hard to find in those conditions things like that like those designs don't exist anymore so to find something like that from the 90s is considered vintage so maybe in in years to come an era of the 2010s could become like vintage yeah. right because you know you'd find jordan t-shirts that 
were popular back then and there was an abundance of them now it's just hard to find something like that and yeah. it will bring somebody else back that you know grew up in that area like you for example that may find that vintage in maybe 20 or 30 years yeah it's interesting i feel like the concept of vintage clothing will always be around but mm-hmm. the the popularity and height of how it is now i think will definitely change over time yeah fashion changes like it's cyclical you know you have your ups and downs things come back like right now everyone's into 90s stuff you know before it was like everyone's into 70s stuff or you know that sort of thing too so fashion will always change and it's always evolving so it's hard to predict whether something is going to be popular especially with clothing but you know i like to see that you guys definitely kept keep up with a lot of those trends too which you don't see a lot of stores doing but I want to talk a little bit about the shop too and, and your involvement with it because I don't think a lot of people know what goes on behind the scenes. I know we, you know, we've talked to Sadiv and Mario before and they've taught, they told us about, you know, the idea of the shop, how they started the shop and that sort of thing too. But, you know, describe to people that have never shopped there before, like the Omnis team and, you know, what makes the retail experience at Omnis unique to those that haven't shopped there before? We definitely try to make you feel like a family. You know, as soon as you come in the door, the first thing that we're going to say to you is hi, ask about your day. We're yeah. always going to greet you. We, we have to be there to greet you because that's one of the most important qualities about any business, right? You have to make your customers feel welcome. You're not just a person who's coming in here to shop. You're someone who can sit down on the couch that's at the front and kick it for an hour, two hours, however yeah. long you want, right? Yeah, We're open that. from 12 to 6. Show up and stay the day. It, it yeah. doesn't matter, right? Being nice is always the most important thing. Mm-hmm. As friendly, as kind, as caring as you can be towards every single person that walks in that door. No matter who they are, because you don't know what's going on with them. They don't know what's going on with you. But for that moment, you can give them a good interaction. You can make their day a hundred times better just from being nice for a minute. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And 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 I get that vibe too. Like, just being there, sometimes I'm there accompanying Rich or, you know, somebody that I know wants to check out the shop and I'll bring them there. Or when I go in, you know, to pick up something myself, I see you interacting with people and, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, like, do you know that guy? Like, you know, do you guys grow up with him or whatever the case? And you're like, no, he just, you know, just came for the first time. And that's kind of the vibe that's there at the shop, which is super dope. But I mean, there's, there's so many other people that work there besides Steve and Mario, I think, you know, everyone knows them as the owners, but you know, there's you, whenever I go there, you know, Sean is there sometimes too. Kieran Kieran. is also there too. I don't see him as much, but Justin was there a lot too. But like, what is your guys' involvement? Like, you know, the day-to-day stuff, like what do they make you guys do there? (laughs) There's, it's a variety of tasks, honestly. Every day can be different. Whatever is needed to be done, whether that be tag items price items, queue items, do sneaker buyouts, do stories, whatever it may be, there's always a task for someone to do. And we kind of just all meet up in the morning before a shift starts. And we're just like, all right, who's going to take this? Let's designate, let's, you know, sit down and really lock in and try to get everything that we need to accomplish done in the most effective manner. Right. Yeah. And the reason why I asked that is because a lot of people think like, 
oh, well, if Steve and Mario aren't there, then I can't sell my sneakers. If Steve and Mario aren't there, I can't buy what I saw on their IG story. So I sort of want to get the people that are listening comfortable with the fact that they can just go in and be able to talk to whoever's there. All of us are experienced at buying and selling items. If you've got something for sale, more than welcome to come in. Mario and Steve don't have to be there. All of us can help you with whatever inquiries you might ha- may have. If you see something on the story too, you can message the Instagram. All of us have access to the Instagram. All of us are checking the Instagram constantly while we're working, trying to make sure that we can respond to people as quickly as possible. Because you wouldn't want someone to be waiting on the Instagram trying to buy something that's already sold and then there's that whole miscommunication, right? We try to try to respond to everyone as quick as possible, just to really give that feel that we're always trying to interact with every single person that we can. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of why I bring it up because a lot of the times people they'll message me and they're like, yo, I saw this on Omnis um, story, or they just posted this recently. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can message them for me and, and ask them if they still have it? I'm like, just message the account. Like yeah, someone will just... answer you. And surprisingly enough, like even when I message, it's, I don't want to say it's instant, but it's a very reasonable response mm-hmm. time. Like I want to say it's like 10, 15 minutes. Like it's pretty crazy. The fact that, you know, somebody's answering, you know, whether it's the phone, the DMS, or just even pop in stores. Like you'll be surprised. Uh, I know a lot of the times and maybe I shouldn't say this, but when I go in, you're like, Oh, guess what just rolled in the shop. It hasn't been posted yet. Yeah. But I'll let you like see some of the stuff because you know that, you know, it would interest me, that sort of thing. So sometimes it almost, it, it, it pays to just go in because some stuff will walk in as you're there. Like I, there's yeah. been many times where I'm standing there chatting with you guys and a guy will come in with, you know, like seven, eight pairs of sneakers and I'm the first one to see it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah, it's always nice to keep up to date with the website, the Instagram stories, the posts and all that other stuff. But I always encourage people just to go in the shop if they can. Nothing beats the in-house experience. Yeah, for sure. I've seen a lot <laughs> of folks on things that if I wasn't there, you know, I would have missed out. Yeah. I've, I've snagged a couple. Yeah. Rich, Rich is like Rich is like the king, man. Like, Rich is quick. Yeah, Rich is quick. I've snagged a couple. I'll pop in at the right time. yeah i mean we're lucky enough that we live you know 10 minutes away from you guys yeah but even just for people that you know are from out of town that haven't shopped or or, are thinking about coming to the store there's never a bad opportunity to check out the shop because you guys always are you know putting new stuff out you're always buying stuff as well and and what about like trades you guys ever do trades i don't know if you guys do trades or not. yeah we do we buy sell trade so if you got stuff to trade bring it in of course I do always have to put this disclaimer because, again, I hate to have an unhappy customer, but sometimes the items that people bring in, we aren't interested in. We will let you know, like, well, you're there if there's any items that we're going to pass on kind of thing, just so that people don't have their hopes up like every pair that they bring in is going to get traded towards something that's not always the case but we are always open to look at anything someone may have right yeah offers yeah make your offers but i mean there's no guarantees that you guys are gonna take everything yeah yeah that i mean that's fair you guys only have so much space to store stuff also like there's there's certain demand for certain things right so you can't expect uh you know 
someone to come in with something that there's no demand for because you guys would just be sitting on it mm-hmm. and it wouldn't be any any use to the to the store in terms of business wise but I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, because you always got stories for us. But what are some of the craziest things that you've seen come across the floor at Omnis? Freddy's. Mm, oh, Freddy's. you saw the Freddy's. Yeah. yeah. So actually, I think I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Um, was, it, was it a sample pair? Yeah. So it was the craziest story I think I've ever had with a shoe. Because homie came in, he had a bunch of dunks, bunch of SBs, and then he comes in. And it's this purple and black SB box. It has no label on it. And I was like, all right. I don't know what you would take the label off of one of those boxes for, right? Kind of thing. And he just put it down on the bench. He said nothing. Went up to the front with the other shoes. Comes back and goes, I have to show you something. And I was like, all right. Okay, I'll check it out. And then he proceeded to tell me that I wasn't allowed to take photos. Which just piqued my interest even more. Right. And uh, I open up the box and it's the thick stripe Freddy samples. Yeah. Right. The Freddy Kruegers are a grail shoe of mine. I would like the thin stripe ideally, but any of the Freddy's beggars can't be choosers. I would take in a heartbeat. Right. So to actually see them in person was incredible. But to find out that he only spent twelve hundred and fifty dollars on them in twenty thirteen was even crazier to hear that is insane <laughs> that's crazy what he oh. bought them from a sneaker store in vegas and it was a and sample pair it, yeah so they don't unfortunately they don't have the sample stamp on them but mm-hmm. on the actual inside tag it does say sample like promo sample or whatever yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. but just to see those in person was incredible I'm trying to think what were some other wild ones oh the Kanye Louis Vuitton Dons. Yeah, mm. that's a great pair. The red, the red ones. Yeah, those are nice. The entire Yeezy Two collection. Dope. Yeah. And the Yeezy One collection. Yeah, crazy. Equally dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me think. Like, there's, there's definitely some standout pairs. Oh, those. A very cool one was those Man United samples that we posted recently. Did you guys see those? No, I never saw those. Mm -mm. So they were a Manchester United, like the soccer team. Yes, I've seen those. The black ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is a crazy, crazy story with those. They're a low-top Nike FC. Now, this is a model. You can look it up. They released them for one year. And the reason was is because the toe box is the Samba toe box. Mm. Like oh, what? Just, it does look like it. Just, yeah, just it a copy like and it. paste. Direct copy and paste. They just put the what? Samba toe box on it. And they got a copyright strike. But this pair we had was a 2004 promo sample. One of three. I found out the number afterwards. I thought it was one of ten. It's one of three. Whoa. Made for Manchester United, it was a look-see, and then there's a salesman, and I believe there's one other variation sample, but there's three in total. And they just never released, they never did anything with it. It was golden era. I think Ronaldo played for United at that time. Like, would have been one of the biggest shoes of the year if they'd released it, and for some odd reason, they never came out. No way, that's wild. One of three, too. Right. 
Yeah, that's crazy. You can't just copy other brands. <laughs> it, it's just, on yours. Yeah. it's straight up. If you put a Samba side by side with this yeah. pair, it's copy and paste. Yeah, it was identical. <laughs> that's wild. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. That's crazy. Those were incredible. Yeah. So any of these like super rare sneakers, did you guys ever end up buying them though? Like the Freddy's, for example, he brought them there to sell them, but no, guys... no, we don't. Was we he don't asking got the for, accounts for those? Was it? What, what was he asking? If you don't mind me asking, like, I was about probably, to say, what was the ticket? Probably somewhere north of ninety-five. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense for you guys to have something like that because, I mean, they, they'll never sell. Yeah, exactly. They'll just be there. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that you guys don't have the market. There could be somebody that could roll through that would want to buy those. But I mean, it's just such a, a small niche market for a pair that's that expensive. Yeah. Right? The other ones were just ridiculous. Like the Yeezys, all of those were just such an unobtainable price. Like one, it wouldn't make sense to pick them up. And two, it wouldn't make sense to sell them because we'd have to charge a ridiculous amount premium on top, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh, the, the Dorenbecker 4s. I know both of you have mm-hmm. seen those, right? Yes. Yep. I saw them at the, the store, yeah. The size 8 Dorenbeckers. Like those, for example, if we were to sell them, they'd have to be over 3600 You're right, yeah. Who's got that, Brett? <laughs> I mean, not a lot of people. I mean, the, the other thing, too, is that I find that you guys pride yourself in, you know, having prices that are reasonable too, like yeah. something for everybody. I mean, there are people I'm sure that would walk in and buy, you know, high ticket items like that. But when you guys have high ticket items, it's like 1500 max or something like that. Right. Like yeah. you guys don't go much higher than that just because, you know, you guys are trying to satisfy a specific type of market. Like you're yeah. not going high end, high end, you know, you guys do have, you know, your Travis's, you have your, you know, I've seen Air, Atmos Air Max ones that Trev caught before. I've seen Supreme Dunks and things like that. Like, but, you know, at very reasonable prices too. So they don't sit there for very long. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're finding those pairs there, they're usually gone, you know, shortly after posting or, you know, even hours if that. Do you guys remember those Reese Forb Hunter Dunk lows? The ones yeah. that we had at the mm-hmm. shop for the longest yeah. time? Did you ever hear the story about that? being one of the worst sales for timing i think i've ever done no what happened with those i sold that pair for like 130 bucks no one wanted them no one wanted that shoe the next night travis scott wore them on stage (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst they were like 1800 the next morning well that's the craziest thing about seekers though too is like you never know when something's gonna pop off like you guys talked about the cherries right i never would have imagined that they were going for like eight nine hundred bucks we i i think we were talking uh, i was talking to you specifically about like black cat fours when like you know you were showing me black cat fours and we were looking at prices and we're just like what the fuck like what's happening and then and you guys had a couple of pairs of them too and i don't know it was just one of those things where it was like one day they were you know, sitting on the shelves almost. And then the next day they were like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? You know what I mean? We sold pairs for 380 on those black cats at one point. Yeah. Which is a steal. Right? That hurts. Right. <laughs> it's a st- Exactly. But you can't predict those things. Right. No. But the, I think the point here is that, you know, you're not, you guys aren't trying to gouge customers. No. You guys are trying to provide reasonable prices for, for your customers. 
And then same thing with like buyouts too. Like you guys are giving people reasonable prices too. Like you guys aren't trying to lowball people. You guys are trying to, even when, you know, people do sell things, you know, I find that the markup is not crazy high. You know what I mean? Like you're pretty much selling them for what you're buying for sometimes, I, you know, like there's not that additional gouge that you find from a lot of these like other stores too, which is nice. What you guys are buying it for is almost what you guys are selling it for. You know, obviously everyone's gonna, you know, every store is gonna make their money too, but you'd be surprised when you go into the store, the prices, because they are super reasonable. But I mean, it's not to say that there aren't some high profile people that go through the shop because okay. I know that you guys, you know, get some guys that are in there. You know, I know you guys did an event with Shay a couple summers ago, and that was pretty crazy. Like, do you have any stories about some memorable customers that have come through the shop? Man, we um, actually, so this is a very interesting and niche fact. There's a movie on Disney Plus called Sneakerella. I kind of 50-50 recommend people watching the movie. It wasn't that good. But the shoes in the movie are ours. Oh, no way. Okay. So Disney came to us one day and they were like, we're filming a block and a half down and we need shoes. That's dope. Can you supply us with shoes? And we were like, yeah, we can definitely help you out. Of course, had to be a contract everything had to be in writing just because you disney yeah you know but we sent them out i think it was like 25 maybe 30 pairs of shoes and they sent us back all of our pairs plus one extra apparently uh, it was a adidas form sample high it was something to do with the movie one of the main characters wears it Okay. And it was like a production sample from the movie, which was pretty oh, cool. Dope, yeah. But that was a very cool interaction because like we had Disney choreographers and different people like that. People who weren't of a stature that would normally be expected to come through the shop. Yeah, that's a cool story. I mean, like to have them reach out to you guys for sneakers and then what did they feature those sneakers in the in the movie? Like, yeah, yeah. All the oh, sneakers okay. used in the movie are they're all from Sneakerella. That's crazy. So no, how did that work? No. Like they just rented them from you guys or what? They uh, essentially, yeah, yeah, they just rented them from us. We sent like Home Depot boxes yeah, down yeah, the yeah. street and. That's super cool. So fun fact, if you if you ever watch that movie 5050 recommended by Andrew, <laughs> keep an eye on the sneakers cuz those are all um they were all came from Omnis, but so that that form do you guys have them in the shop or like what's the deal No, with those we we sold those forms at one of our anniversary sales, uh, which okay. was another cool thing because I don't think anyone told the person the story and I'm sure they're probably wearing them. And getting a lot of love out of that shoe, which makes me almost happier than us putting it on display because it's such a cool sample for such a cool story that Mm. they might not even know, but they're wearing them as a shoe. And that's what's important, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you guys promote that too. I mean, like, it's nice to have stuff for display. Like, you guys are all collectors too. You guys appreciate nostalgia just the way the shop is set up for certain things but everything pretty much is for sale there and you want people to enjoy it right so that's uh that's the main thing and and i like going in there because there's always something to talk about and just the pieces in general whether it's clothes whether it's the art that's on display 
whether it's uh, you know the video game systems, what's on the TV, you know, just things like that. It's just such a, a crazy vibe. But you know, you guys always have something going on. Is there anything without telling us too much that the team has planned for Omnis coming up this year? Like, what do you guys have coming up for 2024 that people can look out for? As people who have stayed tuned to the internet or the Instagram, sorry, yeah. would have seen, we have a market. That's yes. that'll okay. be open by the 31st of March. Nice. Um, I didn't realize it was that soon. Okay. Oh, yeah, cool. it, it, it'll be quite soon. It's going to house nine different vintage vendors or vendors of any sort, really art, whatever, under one roof and basically be a gallery space where you could essentially like the antique mall. If you've been yes, to the antique been mall, been the mall in Hamilton, I like it there, actually. Right. Same kind of layout, small little space, just very personable, make you feel like you're at home mm-hmm. while also helping other people because we know rent's ridiculously high. And if you can pay a fraction of that to have a rack in a store, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're just renting a small space out of that store to house some of your stuff. So do we know the vendors that are going to be there or the people that are part we of it? D- we don't know them all for sure. So I won't okay. say anything. That's fair. When they are confirmed, there will be a post about all the vintage vendors that will be involved in it. Okay. But 31st is the date that that is expected? By the 31st. Oh, by the 31st. Okay. So it could be sooner than that. Could be sooner. Could be totally sooner. Okay. You know, just got to keep locked in on that. I'm also trying to see, depending if I can make it work, if we could go to, is it um, big event? They do. Yeah. Got Soul. Got Soul, Soul okay. is in New York, Wait, middle of April. And I would love to see if we could go out to New York and see what this kind of energy that we have here could bring out in New York as a vendor at an event that like that, dope. right? Yeah, you hear a lot about Got Soul now, and that would be cool to see you guys there too. You guys are at the SneakerCon events. Yeah. But in Canada, though, I don't think you guys haven't attended a US one, right? Not yet. Yeah, that would be cool to see too. Sneakers in general, just across North America is huge. And I think you guys would do well there, but just New York in general is just one of those spots that you kind of almost have to put it on your bucket list. I would love to go to a sneaker con or a sneaker event in New York. Personally. I'd love to go to sneaker con Honolulu. That was one that Mm. I saw and I was like, all right, go out, visit truest out there. Yeah. 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 Oh man. That store is just wild, man. They're good people there. Yeah. They're crazy though. They're they have a collection that's unlike anything we'll ever see. (laughs) Yeah, and I think we have this conversation a lot. Like we talk about some of the samples, we talk about some of the rare pairs, and then we just literally just go to Instagram on Truest uh, page and we're like, look at the fucking pairs of Wu Tang Dunks. Look at all the pairs of Paris's that he's got, and just it's insane. Just you know how he's come across some of these pairs, but yeah, definitely if you you know for you especially Andrew just. As a, a personal trip, if you haven't been to Honolulu, you got to check out Truist for sure. That's a shop you got to check out. Okay. You would appreciate that. But yeah, no, excited about that that marketplace. And probably in true ominous fashion, you guys will do some sort of grand opening. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I don't want to say party, but like just, uh, you know, event kind of thing. So I'm excited for that. I'll definitely be there if I'm, if I'm around. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, honestly, like. We talk about the Omnis guys all the time. We talk to Steve and Mario. They've been on here before. But I think it's just people don't appreciate the fact that the staff there are just as knowledgeable, just as friendly. You know, like they'll take care of you just like anyone else at that shop would. 
and just being able to chat with you, somebody that I respect and especially your opinion, your knowledge, all that stuff, just to be able to have a conversation with somebody like you about your collection, about things that are going on in the sneaker landscape, you know, it's just super dope to be able to just have that conversation. You know what I mean? So it's an honor to have you on here and it's been super dope for you to just talk about all the stuff, you know, Omnis related, Hamilton related, and just like your collection and your love for sneakers related. I appreciate you guys having me, man. It's been it's been incredible. I, I see you guys doing this a lot, and what you're doing is cool. It's it's bringing a collective of people that come from all different walks of life together and giving them a platform and an opportunity to talk about the things they're passionate about for a few hours. And for some people, that's that's what they're looking for. They need an outlet and something to talk about, right? Yeah, man. Appreciate the kind words. Most definitely. Yeah. Appreciate you jumping on, man. We 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 love Omnis. I've I've picked up a couple of great pairs from there. So uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta match it with uh, Rich and Kevin for how many times they've come by. <laughs> gotta start I, uh, coming by more. I don't think I can match that many. <laughs> it's a bit more of a trip for me. Yeah, Andrew talks about Andrew talks about like the hangout and just coming by and spending the day. There's times I don't buy anything. I'm just there to yeah. just like say what's up. Sometimes I'm delivering banh mi sandwiches because I know they're hungry or whatever the case is. Just have a conversation, man. I'm like, yeah, just, you know, I'm swinging by just because. So there's it's definitely a vibe there. So I recommend people going to check out the shop. Don't be a, a degenerate like me and not buy anything. <laughs> definitely buy something when you're there. But no, I just, you know, I, I like to catch up a lot of the times that I'm there. I'm not buying all the time but i do like to catch up because they're good people man that's what the sneaker world is missing like we are missing shops like that right yeah yeah absolutely 100 i second that man like i said i've been out here for fuck, almost five years and i will say like i've been i've been in the shop fuck, tons of times and the vibe has always been the same in the last five years and i don't think i could say that for a lot of places that i've been to consistently friendly you know, even when you guys are not taking pairs, they they say it in the most re- respectful way that you can't even be upset. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, you, if you were looking to get rid of something, you know what I mean? Like, they're very conscious of how they deal with the customers. And I think that's one thing about you guys that I appreciate. Oh, yeah, the whole staff, like, you guys are always inviting, you know, and always happy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there hasn't been a time I went in there where it's like, we don't have great conversations. And like, Kev, there's times I'll just pop in, you know, just to say what up. So appreciate you guys. And like Kev said, the staff, you know, equally is important and very knowledgeable. I mean, Andrew, we chop it up all the time and these guys teach me shit. I mean, I don't know shit really about vintage stuff. So I'm taking cues from them. And at the same time, I'm able to share my stories and kind of, you know, what it was like for me being an older guy, you know, growing up in those times and just trying to give them a lens into that. So, you know, the conversations are great, man. And, you know, you guys, the shop, Everybody is cool. Like I said, it's a vibe. And that's never changed in the last almost five years that I've been coming into that place. So that just seems a testament to what you guys do, man. So, Andrew, appreciate you, man. Yeah. Shout outs. Yes. Shout outs. Yeah, I got a quick shout out. I saw the homie Kanatsky over the weekend. I just want to shout him out because if you don't know Kanatsky, I joke around, but it's really not a joke. He is the goat in the city if you got some soul swaps, reglues, restos, that type of thing. I don't know anyone better. He'll disagree with me, but you know, he's just being humble. But I just want to shout him out because I want he's working hard. 
if, if you don't follow him already, give him a follow and just check out his work because his work just speaks for itself, man. Honestly, like I brought, I picked up those, uh, the black cement Supreme Dunk Lows and they needed a soul swap. So I didn't even hesitate. I, I reached out to him and I'm, I knew he was the man for the job. So I saw him over the weekend. Just want to wish him well, of course, because, you know, he's doing his thing, man. He's grinding as always. And he's just doing just quality work, man. Anything that he does, anything that he touches, just crazy, crazy work, man. Agreed, man. Your shoes are in great hands. I'll just say that to like trust no one else to handle my pairs, man. So salute to the homie, man. Yeah, quick on the draw. I like it. <laughs> oh, I, like I want to wear those things. He knows I, I, I want to wear those things. Because I, I know because I would have did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's dope, though. Can't wait to see those, those pairs on feet kept. Because yeah, like yeah. I said, that's a fucking great pair, man. Yeah, so. the uppers are the uppers are pristine. So, like, I mean, for a shoe that old, the midsoles, I could probably wear them as they are. But I mean, they would crack at some point. Yeah. But I just sent them to Konatsky. But he might have to do a little bit of touch ups to the upper. You know, it's it, it's an older faded uh, cement print and that sort of thing too. So he may have to you know touch that up a little. But other than that, I mean, I don't see him having to do too much more than the sole swap. But I'm excited to get those back when he, does, when he does finish them up. Yeah, it's dope. Dope, dope. Shout out the guys at Omnis for sure. I just felt like I had to say that. Uh, all the <laughs> staff that I work with, great guys, man. Kieran, Steve, Sean, everybody. Mario, doesn't matter who you are. You're all good people. And we were talking about them before, the vintage me type guys. Nick, you're a great guy. Incredible people out there. And one last one I have, very random, but it's someone who keeps me interested in the shoes and every time i see a post by him it's always something i'm looking forward to depeche 23 mode on instagram man oh yes incredible yes, incredible human being incredible sneaker collector i just had to get that one out there that's someone who makes me stick with how i've i've been doing this right yeah great shout out I do follow him too oh, dope. my shout out just yeah andrew shout out to you man like i said it's a pleasure you know, thanks for taking the invite and, and coming through and chopping up. I thought it was only right that, like I said, you know, we had Steve and Mary on. So it'd be nice to also get some of the team on and just y'all perspectives and y'all journey. This is what the platform is about. Just happening with people and just hearing the different walks of life. And it's always good to hear guys who are a little bit younger and what that journey looked like. Right. Because we were already entrenched in sneakers by that time. You know what I mean? So it's cool to kind of see what that journey was for you. So, yeah, salute to you. Salute to the guys over at Amish. And thank you, man. And then lastly, to my boy Marquise. The grays is all from him. Salute to him. Last episode, I gave him a shout out because his birthday was the following day, which was last Wednesday. And he actually got suspended from school on his birthday. So salute oh. to him for always for always keeping me on my toes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> love, love, the, love the kid, man. Love him. He means well. Of course he, means he well. does. Yeah, yeah. He got suspended <laughs> from school on his birthday. That's a new one. Uh, on, his, <laughs> on his birthday, man. <laughs> he lucky he got the sneakers the day before. Because yeah, if that would have right. been on a B day, he went so he lucked out. <laughs> no, he would have got the sneakers on his B day, but you would have had to beat them into his face. <laughs> there, there you <laughs> go. There you go. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, he just he keeps me going, man. So yeah. Salute to that that wild kid. And to wrangle him in. <laughs> but yeah nah this is dope yeah Trev anybody 
No, you no, good, Trev? I, I think I'm think I'm good for this week. I don't think I have it. Shout out to Trev, man. Trev is back in the gym. I see you. Yes, yes sir. I see you. Yes, sir. You're, you know doing the, you're doing the 90 day thing. I don't think I can do the 90 day thing. There's there's typically one or two days during the week that I can't go. But right. my my gym has uh, on the board that I joined. They've got like uh, top 10 members like who have been there most frequently. So my goal is to get on there a okay. bunch of times. That's my goal. There is a goal. February February we joined halfway through the month, so it's unlikely for this month. But March for sure, I'm going for it. I think I can. I think I can get there five to six days a week. Yeah. So yeah, excited to be back. Actually, sorry, one one more shout out because I know when this airs, it'll be March. So I want to shout out all the Air Max guys because you know Uh. know Air Max month is right around the corner. You know what's coming. (laughs) I have to queue up a post for uh, for Friday, I guess. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Dope. Dope. Yeah, Andrew, as we said, we appreciate you jumping on. It's a lot of fun. Always good to tap in with the Omnis guys. Thank you, tap, guys. Tap, tap, you see? I appreciate it, guys. Uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram at InKicksWeTrust. Make sure to use the hashtag for a potential feature. And you can find me on Instagram at Trevsky63. Kev, where can they find you? You can also find me on Instagram, Kevin K. Man. Rich, where can they find you? You can find me on IG, Status 13 And Andrew, where can they find you? All social media platforms, Andrew underscore tap eight. Awesome. Appreciate you jumping on with us, Andrew. Lots of fun. Guys, everyone stay safe and be well. We will see you all next week. Bye.